0: All right, hello everyone, and welcome to another uh, TV Party Tonight Extra boxing commentary. Tonight we have Deontay Wilder, the WBC heavyweight champion versus arch rival of sorts, Dominic Brazil. And joining me tonight, he's drunk as a skunk, and he got the funk. Ladies and gentlemen, boxing expert extraordinaire, Mr. Toxic Masculinity. Good to his mother, Pat Mullen. How do you do, sir? Uh it's not my name. What's your name, sir?
1: Uh I changed it to uh Terry Ferguson. It's a funny name.
0: <laughs> How much have you had to drink tonight, sir? A Lot of course banquet. Why chorus banquet? Just out of curiosity. Has anyone been watching Cobra Kai? Ah, okay. That—that's what that. Those. Oh, I, I figured it wasn't like the whatever the Jamaican one is. But that's what. It, but that small bottle. That's that's what it reminded me of. That's what it looked like. Red Stripe. That's the one. Yeah, Red Stripe's good stuff too. I've had a Red Stripe or two in my time.
1: Hey, so earlier on the undercard tonight we had Gary Russell Jr. Literally dressed his entourage as spear chuckers. And now we've got Beyonce Wilder uh, with guys (laughs) in gas masks who look emaciated, making fun of the Holocaust. Mark, how do you feel about that?
0: Uh, I I prefer to look at him as more Ming the Merciless. This is kind of the Undertaker uh, during his devil-worshipping phase. When he was the cult leader. That's kind of what this reminds me of.
1: I think he looks like Chris (laughs) Bosh.
0: You know, the more I think about it, the more... I enjoy the Deontay Wilder fights because they're awful, and I like awful things. But the more I think about it, the more I'm with you, this guy is a fraud until he fights Anthony Joshua. If after the Anthony Joshua fight on June 1st, these two don't lock horns, I don't know, I might have to start tweeting Deontay Wilder, quit running, bitch.
1: Yeah, his name is uh, Beyonce Wilder.
0: <laughs> Beyonce Wilder, okay.
1: And uh, I'd like to thank Shannon the Cannon Briggs for uh, coining that one.
0: So let's talk turkey as best we can. I I, I know that given uh, given the fight and your current state of mind, you know, it's kind of a hmm-hmm, well, hmm-hmm. But... Let, let's I honestly see don't
1: you, know what you mean by my current state of mind, but that's <laughs> fine.
0: Let's see what we can do as far as a, a, analysis. Uh, how do you like how do you like your Dominic Brazil sunny side up? What do you think uh, going into this fight?
1: So I've seen very limited Dominic Brazil. Um, the mainly the one fight I can tell you I did see him in was against Anthony Joshua, and he was stopped in the seventh round of that fight. Um I, and he has gone on to say he doesn't feel he fought his best fight in that one, which I, I wouldn't disagree with. I saw him fight Amir Mansour, who was this knockout artist, and he beat him up fairly well. But he doesn't have a lot of names on his uh uh his record there that ones would recognize. You know, a uh, decision over Nagy Aguilera, who's a journeyman, uh knockout over Billy Zumbrun, who I think some people have seen fight on FS one cards. But there's nobody else on there that would really give you an indication of his real talent level. Uh, you know, eighteen, you know, eighteen knockouts and twenty wins. Joshua stands as his only defeat. Uh, as an amateur, he went to the London Olympic Games, but didn't medal. He got beat in the first round. Uh, we'll see. His plan tonight, according to what he said to his Showtime interviewers, was that he uh, feels that he needs to back Wilder up and work the body a lot uh i don't know that's the right move but we'll see
0: well deontay wilder one thing positive you can say about him is he's got some pretty crazy reach he didn't really use that to his advantage in the tyson fury fight but then again you know as you put it at the time tyson fury is such a herky-jerky unpredictable style uh, i don't know how much I, I don't know how much better use he could have made of his reach Uh, Going into this one, do you see that being a factor?
1: Sure, because if you don't want to get hit with his best shot, you either have to be outside of his reach or inside that reach just enough where he can't club you with his right hand, which is really his weapon uh, of choice. For Brazil, though, I think if he really wants to have success, because he claimed he saw that during the Fury fight, what he needs to do is he needs to get Wilder to set... To throw that right hand, and as soon as Wilder sets, just move away from him, and then pop him and move, pop him and move, because Wilder can't deal with that. Wilder doesn't know what to do if you don't stand still for him to throw his right hand.
0: What do you make of Wilder when he does that clubbing uh, that he does? Where he doesn't necessarily throw a punch. He almost he he does like almost like a palm strike.
1: Yeah, it's technically illegal to do that, so he's gotten away with it. He they don't it want to say anything.
0: He does it a lot. Like I was watching some of the highlights and I I understand to you know, maybe to the untrained eye, to the average uh viewer, these just look like he's killing guys. He's just knocking bitches out left and right. Boom, boom, boom. Uh he's dropping bombs. But I, I watched it closely and I'm like yeah, you're not punching, you're clubbing with the palm of your fist, the palm of your hand.
1: Right, where there is no padding on the glove.
0: Mm-hmm. So essentially this is uh, another Canelo situation where they're just letting him get away with murder because Showtime is pretty much trying to continue to build their, their boxing off of him. Because for some
1: reason, they think that having an American heavyweight champion is better than having not an American heavyweight champion. But let's just go this route. Has he gotten more mainstream media coverage than Lennox Lewis did? Uh, I don't know. Has he? No, he hasn't. Occasionally, he'll pop up on a blip on Showtime. Or excuse me, not Showtime, CBS, who is the parent uh, network of Showtime. Showtime. Um, very rarely do you see him pop up on ESPN, which uh he uh Lennox Lewis was on routinely. I think Lennox is more well known also Dick So.
0: Well, I again I think the idea is for years now they've been searching for that next Mike Tyson, that next crossover heavyweight boxing star. And they think they've got it in this guy. I mean he certainly has some pizzazz, as uh, Jim well, Norton would say. You ever you
1: ever listen to Mike Tyson speak? Do you know what uh, the obvious part of his voice—he right. has that odd pitched tenor to his voice. That this bruising mountain yeah. of muscle of a man way back has this high pitched, you know, sensitive voice. You ever listen to Deontay Wilder talk?
0: <laughs> Deontay, t- Deontay Wilder talks like he's part of the, like he was part of the Wu Tang Clan.
1: Tyson could actually be articulate and use big words correctly. Deontay Wilder gets mushmouth status if he has to use a word <laughs> yeah,
2: Look, three-syllable words are not his friend.
0: Uh, we well, Two-syllable
2: words are barely his friend.
0: That, of course, is the dulcet tones of the Howard Lederman of this three-man booth and not, just well, Mark. and not just because he's dead inside. Get it? Because Howard Lederman just died. Get it? Only, I'm only mostly dead inside. Come on. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, uh, Billy William, Billy shit, Crystal. Thank you, thank you, Billy Crystal. All right, we are ready to start this fight here. We want to w- welcome Robert Winfrey uh, to the booth, and we are underway. Rob, was this as this fight gets started, we've heard Pat's analysis. Uh, I know you're not a huge fan of Deontay Wilder. I'm actually surprised you joined us it's tonight. Beyonce,
1: Mark. Beyonce
0: Wilder. <laughs> Beyonce Wilder. Sorry, I'll get it right one of these days. Uh, give me, give me your 50 words or less on this fight, sir. I mean, it's a Deontay Wilder fight. It's a clown fiesta. You watch the, you watch his fights for the comic value, not for the fight value. I was just saying to Pat, I, and I, and I just noticed it tonight. Even though I've watched a number of his fights. That he actually like clubs with the with the palm of his. Uh, his You're his just hand. now
2: realizing this. I've never watched it that closely. God, he's fucking terrible. His <laughs> <laughs> punching for a guy who has been around boxing as long as he has, he relies on nothing but power. His technique is awful. Yeah, he's no, had it really 40 is. Forty fights, and he fucking lunges in with his hands down for a body
1: shot.
0: He's the fucking worst. So I watched this, and I watched my son mess with his speed bag, and I'm like, "All right, you know what? At, at, at best, he's as good as Deontay Wilder at this point. He
2: can only get better."
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, if he doesn't if he doesn't train any more a day in his life, he's at least as good as the heavyweight as the WBC oh, look, heavyweight champion. Deontay
1: Wilder got hit when he was trying to hit somebody. What a <laughs> shot! He landed one. He landed one palm strike, and uh, or shoté, and <laughs> he backed up Brazil, who tucked his chin, winged the non right hand, and it landed right on Wilder's chin and backed him off.
2: So, folks, can if you, you... Just, I mean, look, we've talked a little bit about this, but can you seriously imagine the, the drubbing that Anthony Joshua – Oh, went shit!
0: And we have a knocked knockdown in the Mark first Genesis. round. Uh, there it is. Yeah. I know he's getting up. Let's see if he makes a ten count. Nope, we're done. First round KO. Well, this was a short night, folks.
2: That was a dive.
0: You think yeah, so? Yeah,
2: kind of. Well, let me put it like this: he could have got, he could have beaten that count if he wanted to. Uh, I think he just like, all right, I'll take the payday and I'll take the extra money in the, I'll take the extra cash in the back for not making Deontay Wilder look like more of a fool than Deontay Wilder makes himself look like.
0: So let, me, so, so, so let me... So bad. Let me ask you a direct question here. Going into the fight, do you think he he was go- going in taking a dive, or what, once he got knocked down, it was more like, well, since I'm already on the canvas, let me just make this a short night?
2: I don't know. He, the, the, before. Like, look at this guy. Look at the way... Watch the replay of this. Like, watch... He's not fighting like a man who really wants to win the fight. He's fighting like a guy who's like, all right, I'm just going to try and go back, make it look kind of good. Go Be- back to that
1: point in the fight where Wilder threw that fucking stupid left hook.
2: And he gets and- cracked. Yeah, I mean, look, he clinches right away to give Wilder time to recompose. He's like, oh, God, sorry, man. I know I'm not supposed to hit you that hard. <laughs> then you look at the following
1: series where he jabs three times. And Wilder immediately backs up to the ropes with his earmuffs on, and Brazil then circles into the corner. How does that make any sense?
0: Hey, real it quick, it really one, doesn't. Real quick, Rob, who won, RDA or um, RDA? I mean...
1: Got the taps on Dos Anjos have...
2: with that fourth round arm triangle, dude. Dos Anjos is legitimately great.
0: Well, I turned it off at the, almost the beginning of the fourth round because I needed to get boxing on. So was it fourth or fifth round that he tapped him out? Fourth. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, It was a significantly
2: better fight than this one, and it spent the majority of its time in the clinch.
1: And it was Uh probably real.
2: True. (laughs) Look, look, Kevin Lee and RDA are two. There's guys in the UFC who I imagine, like under the right circumstances, would take a dive. I don't think either of those two are that guy. I'm waiting
0: for a replay here. I want to see what dropped him.
2: Oh, it was a straight right. It was a hard punch.
1: It was was a right hand over the non-existent left hand.
2: God, how do you you suck so badly against Deontay Wilder that your defense is, all right, I'm going to keep my lead hand at my waist. Like, the man (laughs) only has power hooks.
0: This was so short, their replay starts at the beginning of the fight.
2: It's less than a round. It's less than two minutes, I think. Yeah. Like, look how terrible this is. It's just the like I've seen really? better I've seen better technicians like fight while getting peanuts thrown at them with no television cameras.
0: <laughs> so he's not really jabbing. He's just kind of sticking his arm out there. And he drops his right hand every time he does it. <laughs> it's so bad.
2: Again, like can you just imagine the absolute drubbing Anthony Joshua would put on this guy? There's like, a reason Wilder won't fight him. How is this guy called
1: a heavyweight champion by anybody? He's a fucking clown. Look, see right there, okay, three jabs, and what does he do? He circles into the corner, walks into the corner
2: with his hands down. he's giving Wilder time to recover. This looks like a fake fight, or a fixed fight rather than fake. Because, again, that's a clean punch that drops him, but it looks fixed.
0: So in the replay there, he just scored a left hook.
2: It was a slapping hook. There was no
0: weight on it. Okay, straight right there. And it's still got Wilder to back off.
2: I question his chin.
0: (laughs) Okay, so Wilder's got him in the corner now. He's just winging hooks at him. Wow, this is fucking ugly. This is like Rocky ugly. It's uglier than Rocky. Rocky
2: looks at this guy and goes, you know, I can show you a thing or two. Yeah, and (laughs) then he got caught, which
1: he wasn't supposed to, because Brazil literally ducked his head wasn't even looking at where he was throwing and still
2: hit him with the right hand.
0: Wow, it's so uh, funny. He got nailed there and got and was, like, punch drunk walking off the ropes before, like, the ref was like, calm down.
2: Yeah, like, again, Brazil falls into that clinch. Like, okay, whoa, 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 you can't go down here. I'll never be able to get another fight. <laughs> I heard him. Let me not throw any punches after.
0: Uh, there was a warning there to Brazil. Stop hitting him in the back of the head. Okay. Yeah, that... I have
1: to make this look real. Let me hit him where I can't knock him out. One on the back of the head, one on the hip. How would you compare... Well,
0: it, Winfrey, how would you compare that to the one that dropped uh, Randy Couture from Lesnar? I mean... Because that looked scraping. That didn't look like a solid shot. That looked like it brushed him against the nose and he took a bump.
2: Again, like I said, this didn't look like a legitimate fight. It looked fixed. That's kind of the reason why. Like, Wilder's got serious power. That's There's no denying that.
0: Mm-hmm. But a brush against the nose shouldn't have knocked him on his ass like that.
2: No, it shouldn't.
0: Welcome to the other side of the looking glass, my friend.
2: <laughs> he's just so fucking bad. <laughs>
0: like, he's worse than John Ruiz. Here's the replay. See, like that, was, that looked like a hard, solid shot, and Brazil's still standing.
1: Yeah, that's not even the one that put him down.
0: Yeah, that one, okay. All right, upon second look, that got him in the teeth, too. Yeah, the the second angle actually does kind of help that look better, but still. Again, like, I'm pretty
2: sure if he wanted to beat that count and continue fighting, he could have.
0: I feel like... So he got maybe, like, two fingers on the glove in the teeth in the bottom of the nose. So it wasn't a solid shot.
2: Not solid, but, again, there's enough... And what, Wilder has enough raw power that you don't need the clean, the absolute cleanest of punches.
0: Okay, well... Which is
2: how he got by for, you know,
0: so long in his career. Uh, well, that and slapping guys in the side of the head. Um, so, again, compare that to the one that drops Randy Couture from Brock Lesnar, which also looked like he just barely touched him.
2: That also glanced... At, I mean, look, Couture's chin was shot years before he fought Lesnar... Mm -hmm. and Lesnar punched him in the temple I mean again the punch from Lesnar was less a knockout blow and more just took his balance and then Brock got on top of him and getting Brock Lesnar off of you is a task that not impossible mind you but it's not easy and Randy was wobbled and then Lesnar just kept hitting him repeatedly in the head
0: alright for (laughs) drunken hilarity purposes Pat I'll give you the last word on this
1: who thinks this guy is good He's the fucking shits. He, he, he literally has not beaten anybody. They're going to hail this guy like he's fucking good at something when I he's mean, not. Look,
2: this guy needed to bribe, what, three judges just to get to a draw with Tyson Fury?
1: Yeah. A, a fucking miracle draw with Tyson Fury who was out for three years on coke binges. <laughs> Shit, I'm pretty sure... I could take some Percocets and I'll whip this fucking guy's ass
2: in a street fight.
0: Can we get you in the ring with him? You, you look like you could you could fight at heavyweight when I when I met you in New York.
2: What's the weight? What's the what's the boxing
1: heavyweight limit? Anything above two hundred pounds. There is no limit. There is no cap.
2: Oh, hell,
0: I'll fight him. There we go. I still weigh over two hundred pounds. I think both of you guys could take this guy. And... You know
1: what I do. I'd not let him get set and throw a right hand.
0: <laughs> you, actually, what I thought you were going to say is, you know what i do? I wouldn't take the bribe.
1: No, I would take the bribe money, and I'd double-cross all his people, because he's not well-connected. He's from Alabama. What the fuck <laughs> do I have to worry about the Dixie mob? You guys all got wiped out by one guy on Justified. <laughs> now, granted, it took six seasons, but he still fucking did it. <laughs>
0: Uh, Showtime. Did Showtime do the Canelo pay-per-view that we just watched?
1: No, that was that ridiculous, awful service called The Zone. Oh,
0: that's That doesn't
2: actually freak... that, That doesn't even mic the ring. Like, I went back and watched a different version of that fight with proper production values. And, frankly, it changed a little bit of my perspective on how the fight went, because I could actually hear some of the impact that was being landed. And uh, whereas DAZN's coverage, like, oh, they're landing punches, but I can't hear them because <laughs> nope, uh, like DAZN doesn't actually have production teams because Bellator streams on them, and Bellator's production is just like handled by Bellator, and it sounds like every other Bellator event, which is still roughly the sound of you know vomit hitting the toilet bowl. But
0: speaking of which, did Jack Swagger win this fight?
2: Yes, and then had the single worst post-fight promo I've ever heard. He got a boner for making somebody tap. Yeah, his actual line about that was, "I am rock hard with emotion. I have a boner." Terrific. And this is a sport. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, folks. Well, oh. it was. A... <laughs> it's an abbreviated night. We wait.
1: I... Wait. Wait. Wait a minute. Oh no! Wait a minute. Yes, sir. I cleared a perfectly good Saturday night to do some commentary over something and what we get to do commentary over is a two-minute farce
0: all right well i we're, we're here we're, let's 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 take advantage of the opportunity i'm not I'm, I'm i have nothing else to do except go to bed put my CPAP on and get the sack so pat what do you want to do i mean i still got some banquets There's
1: uh, that thing you you put videos on where it shows the video to everybody watching it, and we can commentate over that. I think we should do something with that.
0: Okay.
2: And Wilder's celebration of this win is just comical.
0: Pat, (laughs) pick a heavyweight fight that people should watch instead of Deontay Wilder. And let's see if we can find it on YouTube.
1: Current or or any time? You know what? Pick a Tyson fight.
2: Uh, it's a short list.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of very good
2: Tyson fights to commentate over. I'm not gonna lie. All right. I mean, most of them don't last that much longer
0: than this fight did. All right. Do, so, so do you want Roadhouse
1: or do you want like?
0: I want. I want you to be a teacher and str- and say, "Look, Deontay Wilder is the shit." This is what you should be watching, and that is what.
1: Oh, we want technical uh, heavyweight fighting. Um. Okay.
2: So how far back do we want to go? Yeah, that's... uh, It has to be on YouTube. Right. So that's not the question. The question is how far (laughs) back in, like, the history of boxing do you want to go? Because there's some genuinely great Jersey Joe Walcott fights out there.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of great technicians who you could watch and be stunned by. Or we could do Roadhouse because it's heavyweights, and that's a little more common. And we could do Roadhouse at a little bit of a higher level.
0: How about Roadhouse at a higher level?
1: Okay, okay, I like that. How about... uh, Have either of you guys ever seen uh, George Foreman fight Ron Lyle? No. I would guarantee you that is on YouTube.
0: Let's have a look. I'm creating the room, by the way. Perfect. And yeah, I type it
1: in, the full fight comes up.
0: Okay. Multiple versions of it? Throw the link in the chat.
1: Okay. Uh, I have to mute myself for one second there, so forgive me, gentlemen.
2: This is young George. I swear became pushing George.
0: Wilder is still talking. Who thought that's a good idea? <laughs> I'm posting the invite in the chat.
2: Guys, just in 30 minutes talking about how much he wants to fight Anthony Joshua. Next four not fighting Anthony Joshua. Yeah, you know who wants to fight Anthony Joshua? Nobody. Yeah, no, he's so nobody wants that. Good. <laughs> nobody actually wants that fight. It's a terrible match for
0: most of the you know, most of the division.
2: Because he's a bad motherfucker.
0: And we'll be commentating on that fight on June 1st, the day before my birthday.
1: We'll do that. I will. I will absolutely commentate on that one. For those of you who don't know, there's some legendary heavyweight fights that are taking place. And this happens to be one of the, if not the most uh, famous heavyweight slugfest of all time. You have George Foreman coming off his loss to Muhammad Ali in Zaire, Africa, for the World Heavyweight Championship, who had been inactive other than a exhibition in Toronto where he had fights with five men in one night. And here you have Ron Lyle, who is coming off of an unsuccessful challenge of the heavyweight championship, but is still one of the top contenders in the world, Uh, and a stylist very much like George. He is about power punching. He is about hurting bombs. He is about looking to fight somebody. And, of course, Wilder will not be fighting Anthony Joshua next. He will be fighting... A uh, rematch with Louis King Kong Ortiz, it looks like. So, Joshua continues to be better than everybody, and Wilder is a pussy.
0: Okay, well said. Alright, so uh, this is January 24th, 1976. uh, About six months before I was... uh, A little over five months before I was born. Um, This is on ABC. So... We've got, it's a 25-minute video here, and this is what we're going to, what can we look forward to here, Mr. Mullen? Roadhouse. All right. Uh, This
1: is is like, this is one of the must-see fights before you die.
0: Okay. Winfrey, you know anything about this one? Not a thing. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, if we're all in the, are we all in the room? I'm there. Alright, one for you. I here. am not. Where is the link? It's in the uh, the group chat. Oh, there it is. Sorry, my mistake. I will click on that. Alright. There you are. Alright! Put your kittens on your mittens and away we go. Unless I'm aware I got that backwards.
1: And we saw just saw two of the most notorious hairstyles of all time. Howard <laughs> Cosell's toupee and one... Uh, Don King standing behind him. So
0: you said this if I if I heard you correctly. You said this is after the uh, rematch between Ali and uh, George Foreman. Is that correct?
1: Well, the, the one and only match between Ali and Foreman. Yes. Okay. Ali didn't want any more of that. This is George's uh, first fight, official fight after that, other than the exhibition he held in Toronto.
0: Okay. I think I'm confusing uh, the rope-a-dope thing and Ali and uh, sorry Frazier and George Foreman. Yes,
1: they would have a second fight uh, a few months after this at the uh, long uh, and uh, the Nassau Coliseum.
0: Oh wow it's hard. it's hard to imagine the Nassau Coliseum having anything but wrestling or ice capage of the circus.
1: It was not a popular boxing venue. there was only two fights I remember there. That one and the second fight between uh, Roberto Duran and my old trainer, Edwin Virouette.
2: I mean, the Nassau Coliseum wasn't a great venue, period. No, it's no. still not.
0: <laughs> I don't know what they've done to it. Uh, they haven't demolished it and put something better there. No. Nah. Um, I mean, it was a place to go see shows, but it was nothing special.
1: So, one of the funny things is that these two guys at this point in time were considered super heavyweights. Uh, The average heavyweight weighed about 210, 215 during this era. Lyle weighs in about 220. Foreman probably somewhere in the neighborhood right there of 230, 235, which, of course, knowing his later career is very svelte for him. Yeah.
0: Is it me or does Caesar's Palace look like a pile of shit?
1: Caesar's Palace is technically the outdoor Caesar's Palace not what it would come to be known as. And yeah. yes, it did originate as a pile of shit because up until the mid-'90s, it was basically a, a, an arena built in a parking lot.
2: Yeah, the, this is not... Again, this period in time, uh, they didn't have a great... They didn't like really actually have a venue. Uh, it, it would take like three more casinos being demolished and then other things rebuilt in the, in various places over the next like 10 years before it became a decent venue.
0: Because the only thing I can compare this to... That looks this awkward and this (laughs) shitty for this level uh, of a sports entertainment uh, match is WrestleMania (laughs) 4. I was thinking, honestly, the StubHub Center. I'm not uh, not familiar with it, with the building.
1: uh, It's a a small venue in Carson, California that held a lot of boxing matches. Mm -hmm. uh, Probably about 10 years ago, mostly for HBO.
0: Oh God, didn't we we did one recently where they held it at like Paramount Theater or something or whatever whatever theater in Los Angeles and that one looked like crap too.
1: Yeah, Club Nokia or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And we get a good little stare down. And we are ready and raring to go.
0: Once again, this is George Foreman versus Ron Lyle. Nineteen seventy six heavyweight match at caesar's palace
1: george of course is the former heavyweight champion of the world has only lost at this point to muhammad ali lyle has been in with pretty much most of the top contenders at the time guys like jerry choir Quar- wow oh, right
2: there's your deontay wilder
0: precursor <laughs> <laughs> even that was a better punch <laughs> i was gonna say shades of roman reigns <laughs> he was going for a superman punch
2: to the body
0: <laughs> yes
2: i oh. screw Roman Reigns.
0: Fair enough. Um, apparently his uh, his cancer baby face pop has finally worn off.
2: Lasted about three weeks longer than I thought it would.
0: Indeed. All right, so we actually see some boxing here, some jabbing and feeling each other out. We're uh, not quite into the roadhouse portion of this fight just yet.
1: No, and Lyle's trying to double and triple the jab against Big George, who has arguably one of the three best heavyweight jabs of all time, especially at this point in his career, and a lot of pops went off on him.
2: Yeah, this is... Oh God. Foreman's such an interesting case study to go back and re-watch because he's also a great example of just the efficacy of shoving. Like, not even punching, just pushing your opponent.
0: Let see the uh, first I, clinch of the fight.
2: I mean, Ali complained about that after their fight that George pushed him a lot. And, I mean, pushing's a great technique. It's it's illegal in boxing, and George wouldn't get away with it if he were boxing today. But a lot of his success comes from just, okay, you want to come in? Now I'm going to push you over here and then club you in the face.
0: Well, he wouldn't get away with it if they if no one was trying to back him for their network or their app. It's true. Fair enough. And oh. there's
1: a good little swipe that knocked Lyle off balance, that
2: long left hand George. How long was George's reach? Because... Good grief! That man
0: has arms. I think Lyle, I want to say George. I want to say George had an eighty-two inch reach. I think Lyle That's, just tried to punch him in the dick. Like he was really low. <laughs> either that, or he's,
2: or the, either that, or he's deliberately going for the hips to try and slow down George's feet.
1: You got big men with
2: big bodies and a blind side for the referee. Why not?
1: And again, you see what George wants to do. He wants to take the center. Digs a right hand for the body. That was a good right. He have... wants to keep the center.
0: I feel like George is dropping his hands a lot. Like he's keeping them down by, by He was keeping them down by his waist.
1: Well, if you look at George, he does keep him down by his waist, but most of the time his hands are extended, and... and it's almost a cheat because you're not supposed to leave extended hands out there to help you close distance or judge distance faster.
2: And Lyle got right, a good right George. hand behind
0: the ear. George Ooh. is hurt. Oh, my goodness. Lyle with a big right.
2: Yeah, now Foreman working the uppercuts in
0: close. He's trying to tie him up now. Try, uh, he took a couple of good shots there. Yeah. Lyle, Lyle was swinging for the fences.
2: Ooh, right George to the hurt. kidney. George is still hurt. He took that left hook clean to the chin. And he... I don't want to say completely saved by the bell, but he was happy to get out of that round.
0: Yeah, Lyle was trying to take his lungs from him and everything else in his body cavity for that matter.
1: You see Gil Clancy, the new head trainer of George Foreman, after the Ali fight, trying to get the smelling salts into George and wake him up. Short right hand. That was a great
2: short right hand. Do they still allow that, the smelling salts between rounds? They do not. I mean, they do. They use. They allow it for. Uh, I know, like strongman competitions, but and weightlifters always like snort up a bit of that stuff before they go lift a significant, an
0: unholy amount of weight. But so, yeah, you're allowed
1: to pop ammonia caps now.
0: I was definitely afraid this was going to be a one camera shoot. And thankfully, this is this is this is at least looking like three like three cameras.
2: Are they well, doing the cover? Are they doing the cover George Foreman with towels in between rounds thing?
1: They are, because it is a little bit chillier in Las Vegas than they
2: anticipated in January. Yeah, Vegas Vegas gets real hot in certain times of years, but, it, I mean, deserts are about precipitation, not temperature.
0: Yeah, Man, it, was it was freezing when we drove through New Mexico. Go ahead, Pat.
2: George is working his
1: left hand a lot more this round to try to keep Lyle away, but he's already taking two good short right hands again.
2: Yeah, his that defensive posture he adapted through a lot of the first round is just not playing out against that overhand. He needs to get more, get that lead hand a little bit higher.
0: That's straight In right. to keeping it, it busy. That, that straight line did it land? Did it graze? I wasn't quite sure if it had, if it uh, made impact or not. It touched him, but at the end of it, so it wasn't full impact.
2: George is a lot more active with his lead hand this round. He's mm-hmm. starting to get
1: a little bit comfortable too. He's throwing a lot more
0: hooks. There's Lyle again with that right hand finding the gap. He got him in the nose with a jab. Oof. Oof. Oh, now
2: he got a little bit.
0: He he get a little bit wobbled by that right. Lyle put one on but his Foreman, Oh my Lyle god. Gets, yeah, Foreman's now we to get his face off. Foreman get a classic
2: Foreman. body george if all you do is headhunt you're gonna punch yourself out a little bit
1: and there's that classic awkward form in right hand to the body <laughs> and you can see he's almost afraid to pull the trigger here along the ropes
2: after his fight with ali after ali yeah just tired him out so consistently with that
1: oh,
0: oh no some
1: open looks
0: so pat tell me if Lyle's not on, the, not in the corner like that, does he go down after that flurry?
1: Probably. <laughs> There's a very good chance,
2: considering who's hitting him and how much he's hitting him. George is one of the hardest punchers in boxing history. <laughs> Jesus, look at those two. <laughs> that, th- look, th-
1: listen, this you, is the Ron last... Lyle, of- I'm not going to underscore Ron Lyle's toughness. Ron Lyle
2: got knifed in the joint 19 times and survived. Oof. Look, this is like the last era of boxing when men were men. You know, they like would chew gravel and guzzle gasoline. And I, frankly, I blame Oscar De La Hoya for that era of fighter going away after he paid off the judges to screw him and to screw Marvin Hagler. You mean Ray Leonard? Ray Leonard, my mistake. Yeah, Ray Leonard, not yeah, not De La Hoya. I don't like De La Hoya either, but different reasons. God damn it! So, Tell, tell me you, I'm wrong all right, Look I got the name wrong but am I wrong in principle
1: No <laughs> So what we're seeing here is a shift in momentum Now George has kind of found the range But I think it's interesting That post Ali he's not opening up along the ropes On Lyle the way he would have normally Two things One Lyle is not as defensively adept as Ali And two the ropes here are not The loose ropes that Ali asked for In Zaire where he could lean all the way Against them and take the sting off George's punches
2: well, Lyle also is very clearly not nearly as adept at fighting in the clinch as Ali was. I mean, that was the entire key to Ali's career renaissance. Was after he lost some of the speed, he really did master how to use the clinch properly in boxing.
1: No, and you can see George is really the, making some awkward movements. There's so the
0: I pushing. from George, so I don't know if this is an edit or if this is how ABC did it back in the day, but there have been no commercial breaks during this. Well, it depends
1: on when they're on the block, but a lot of times ABC would go straight through on a certain fight. Like, they're live right now, so they only have time for one-minute commercial spots.
0: Yeah, but if this were today, they'd be doing one-minute commercial spots. Uh, this At isn't point, today.
1: It's also broadcast TV, so, you know, they had an undercard that they could get most of that stuff in on. Oh, Foreman <sighs> just short on the right hand, but Lyle gets a good counter in. And George, like Robert said, push off.
2: Nice body shots from George. Lyle really sagged into the ropes there.
1: <laughs> and Lyle's almost trying to bait George in for that overhand right. He's leaning, leaning, looking for the opening.
0: Yeah, he's kind of sticking he's... his chin out there.
2: And he might also be playing a little bit of head games. Like, he's recognized that George is a lot more hesitant about the ropes and is daring him to really open up in this position that he's clearly not all that comfortable with. And you could see
1: Lyle sticking an extended left hand out there. Because that George can get away with it, so can
2: I. That's one of the things if you're... there's a good right hand by Lyle. Mm, that was a good right. Mm, nice jab. And Foreman jab. immediately goes back to just jabbing, like, all right.
0: Well, I've noticed he's also been hit with quite a few of Lyle's jabs. I mean, he really flicks those off and, you know, and uh, tags them right in the nose. Yeah, the,
2: the issue is that Foreman's jab is more consistent. Like, they'll, they'll spear on jabs occasionally, but... Lyle's jabs are about, what, one out of every eight to ten punches he throws, whereas with George, it's one out of every, like, three or four. Mm. And, and George's jab is a power punch, make no mistake. Yeah, he
1: he's putting weight behind that thing. He's not just flicking. And now he's putting a combination together. He's just short on the left hook, but he's got Lyle in the corner. He hasn't taken full
2: advantage of it. That was a weird-looking overhand there. From well, Lyle's... of Lyle's
1: a good
2: short right. And some of Lyle's defense is a lot of extended arms, kind of the old mummy guard, which is shockingly effective in boxing. Uh, I mean, if you want another more modern example in a different sport, Daniel Cormier uses a lot of the mummy guard because it shuts down punches. It leaves you very
0: vulnerable to kicks to the head, but... So I don't know if you noticed, but they cut the corner out of that one. I'm I'm, I'm guessing this is an edit and they cut the commercial out.
1: Yeah. And and thus far through two rounds, I have Ron Lyle ahead two to one.
0: I have it Canelo, uh five to four. <laughs> that makes sense. But look, now Canelo
2: not Canelo not even in the womb. And Ron Lyle got another good right hand through over the <laughs> that top. That was a good one. That was a good right.
1: George is a little bit wobbly
0: there. No percussion. He got a next to the body. He got a little shaky knee on that one.
2: Ooh. Oh! Oh! He's hurt. He's and he's down, oh, down, and
0: goes, down Foreman. goes Foreman. Wait, he's back up again.
2: A tremendous combination from Lyle, and the big man is down.
0: <laughs> Foreman looks absolutely just, just annoyed.
2: Uh, I mean, look, look. Foreman has this going for him. He doesn't look all that much different when he's completely coherent versus when he's punch drunk.
0: No, he just had to. I wasn't even saying like like he was on Queer Street or anything like that. Uh, it was more of he just looks like. Well, now I feel sheepish. <laughs> Can't
2: believe I got dropped.
0: <laughs> God damn it! I'm on, I'm on
2: ABC TV. How can this happen? And now they're starting to oh, go. Now warm. we go. Oh,
0: Jesus Christ.
2: All oh, those left, left hook. hooks! <laughs> oh, they're just clubbing each other.
0: Oh my God! And Lyle, they pull and a Rocky down. Yeah, down goes Lyle. How do you like them apples, bitch? Yeah, they were actually there was a couple there where they knocked each other. They they hit each other like simultaneously. They they pulled a Rocky Apollo moment.
2: Oh yeah, no, this is these two are going at it,
0: and now Foreman comes in for the kill. So what happened here, uh, Pat? What happened to boxing where you don't see much of this sort of thing anymore?
1: crack cocaine in the 1980s <laughs> I was going to I was just going to say Mike Tyson but okay <laughs> crack cocaine in the 1980s Lyle and Foreman are two guys from impoverished backgrounds who sought a better way and they found it through boxing in the 1980s you did that with crack cocaine and that's why you saw so much less outreach for talented heavyweights in America in the 1980s and you see Foreman just oh, going
2: left here oh,
0: good Creech. So, ha- so okay, so clearly Lyle was hanging on to the ropes, like literally like laundry, just kind of shifting all of his weight there until I he caught a they breath. had the
2: same rule about knockdowns against and the ropes now. <laughs> oh, and
0: now Foreman is hanging on to Lyle to stay up.
2: Oh, that right. Oh,
0: tap, oh, go Foreman! Okay, if this were today, he'd be done. If you no. fall, fi- you fall face first like that. You're out. Ah, eh, Tyson Fury is evidence to the
2: contrary, and the bell probably saves Foreman there.
0: Good grief, that was around. Well, you can't be saved by the bell in today's boxing. Yeah.
2: Depending. Well, depending he wasn't. On... Sa- he wasn't necessarily saved by the bell. He was up, and they counted completed, but that was well, right at the end of the round. No,
0: I'm, it's just a general thing. You're, I mean, they always, they say Topper it now. Well, hook at, at the end it's of right a- here.
1: Foreman with the right left. Orman with
2: the Lyle left. measures the Lowers the boom.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was no faking that one, dude. He fell on his head.
2: Yeah, Look. the other thing about great heavyweight boxers is you know, the salaries in the NFL really started taking off again towards the '80s. So, I mean, Pat referenced it before that famous line about who's the next great heavyweight boxer. He's playing. He's playing linebacker for the you know the Ravens.
0: Yeah, all right, that makes he, sense. He's
2: playing linebacker for the Ravens, or he's playing power forward for the Knicks. Yeah, there's it, a lot of the other sports really started hitting it, really started gaining a lot of momentum, and the athletic and a lot of the athletic talent started being scooped up for those ventures rather than getting punched in the face.
1: And schools were much more inclined to coach and allow those programs than they were to allow kids to box. Yeah, Here we you- are round five.
2: You yeah. don't
0: have the you don't have the school boxing programs anymore like you used to. I was say, given the amount of special needs kids my wife deals with, we need to bring back boxing. We need to bring it back just to stop raising pussies. Yeah, you and I just said the same thing, but differently. Look, um, Marvin.
2: Ha- look, Marvin Hagler used to do all of his road work in army boots because he thought running shoes were for pussies. That's a man right there. That is a man. Oh. God, Foreman's jab. Just, I can't believe he recovered that quickly from that knockdown because that was
0: a gnarly one. Ooh, oh, the man. left. Well, okay. you, like, it looked like he went out. He, he fucking landed on his head, but he, just, he got right back up again. Oof. You're talking Good. about... That uppercut. Oh. <laughs> Lyle's
2: going to punch himself out trying to knock George Foreman <laughs> unconscious.
0: Holding Lyle, and hitting. Lyle has been saved so much in this fight by by those ropes.
1: Again, taking notes from Muhammad Ali, using those ropes.
0: Oh,
2: that left.
0: Like, oh, and Foreman's left. Every time now Foreman Lyle's has not. gone, every time Foreman has gone down, he's been in like almost the center of the ring. Every time Lyle looks like he's going to go down, he hangs. He he's, there it is. He you know he goes straight to the ropes.
1: We got a series of jabs, George, and as Lyle still blessed
0: and with the <laughs> right. Lyle has given up. Fucking defense is what's happened here. All oh, those body shots from both guys. Oh, oh the uppercut. I mean, like, I there is a, a technical aspect to this fight, but this is this is starting to mimic fucking tough man. Like they, like there's no defensive. They, potential they both know
2: there's technique, and they both kind of. A re, I mean, they've thrown so much at each other. Oh, now, geez, this is technically mother... a knockdown. Yeah, yeah guys, world, the... that's a knockdown. I... That wasn't the rule at the time.
1: No, it was. If you are held up by the ropes, oh, that's really? a knockdown. Yeah.
2: So the ref just screwed that up. Okay. Fair enough.
0: I, I, don't forget, wonder... I always
2: forget when that rule was implemented.
0: I'm wondering if ABC told them, let them unless somebody actually falls on the canvas, just let it Formate.
2: go. Formage pushing oh. everything he's <laughs> got. And I Lyle goes
0: There we go. See, smart, that was smart of Forman not to go crazy there and keep just pounding on him. Like, back up and let him fall.
2: Yeah, that's it. He's done. Like dinner. Put a fork in him.
0: Yep, we're out. (laughs) Wow. That was a good one, Pat. That
2: was a really nice choice. It is
1: a top five on the list of heavyweight fights you must see.
0: And now I have seen it. Outstanding.
1: Yeah, that that would be uh, George's uh, second-to-last win before his first retirement.
2: You can just see on some of those punches George, the names for George's future children stop being something loosely creative and just being George, George, George. <laughs> All right. I
1: mean, we,
0: just, where, where, where we go
1: from here, George would go on to, as I said, fight Joe Frazier at the Meadowlands and knock him out in uh, five rounds. And That's just 10, a bad matchup for Frazier,
2: man. It's, 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 it's bad just bad stylistically.
1: And uh, then he would go on to lose an upset decision in Puerto Rico, controversially, to Jimmy Young. Oh,
0: he's like where... he gets, he's just didn't get stabbed. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true, too,
1: although he's not going after the promotion there. so. Uh,
0: okay. But, no, he, uh, he would lose a
1: controversial upset decision to Jimmy Young and have a vision of God and become a preacher. And then years later, he went from this menacing villain of a heavyweight to everybody's grandpa who they wanted to see fight and win and not get hurt. And mm-hmm. Lyle, Lyle would get a shot at Muhammad Ali later in the year and lose very much in the same way Foreman did by Robodope in the 11th round knockout and not really contend seriously after that. He would have a fight with Jerry Cooney later on, and Cooney's ascent to a title shot, but never really mounted a serious uh, title run again.
2: This is one of those fights that just like takes a significant portion of who you are as a person and you leave it in the canvas as you exit that as you exit the ring
0: so the moral of this story is don't don't look at deontay wilder as a competent uh heavyweight championship boxer look to your elders look to george foreman just look to joshua man
2: (laughs) (laughs) we, we don't have to go back in time man. look look at anthony joshua versus klitschko that's a great fight
0: okay uh pat do you want to do another one of these, or are you satisfied and we can do uh, plugs? I can do as many of these as you guys want to do if you're up for it. I got I got tons of these. You know what? See if it, let me see if Anthony Joshua versus Klitschko's on here. Since I've never seen it,
2: really? You seriously have not seen Joshua that, and Klitschko?
1: That is a that is a wonderful fight. That was the best heavyweight fight I'd seen probably since maybe like uh, Razor Ruddock Tommy Morrison several,
2: several years.
0: Huh, I actually don't know how I missed this one. Oh, it was on Sky Sports, that's why.
2: Because you didn't... Uh, you know what? Because you are a fine, upstanding person of moral integrity who would not steal it. Nope. Now Joshua doesn't really fight on, like, U.S. pay-per-view. He's a massive star in the U.K., and very, and almost no one in the States knows who he is. It's a crying shame.
0: All right, so here he we go. This is April. Can we just
2: retire Michael Buffer already? Jeez. This no. Is... Come on. He's the buff. This is look, April... look, I respect him. I respect the history. I respect the fact that he got into popular culture. He's a real he's really good at his job. I mean, I'm not knocking that. My question is more, how have we not found someone better by this point?
0: This is April 29th, 2017. So this is fairly recent. Uh, Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, This fight, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was for
2: the belt that Tyson Fury basically vacated after he had his breakdown? I I don't
1: think so. I think uh, that there were, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is for uh, two belts that Fury was uh, stripped of for refusing to fight Joshua, and both of those sanctioning bodies had both Klitschko and Joshua as the top two rated contenders. Fair enough. I, I could be wrong, but I believe that's the scenario.
0: So is this London, or is this uh, is this somewhere in England, or is this Germany?
1: Uh, I want to say this is at Wembley, but I, again, could be wrong. I will look that up.
0: So I'm wondering if, uh, so this is on Sky Sports in uh, Europe. I'm wondering. Um, yeah, they were at Wembley. If Europe, ha- uh, sorry, if uh, if where this could be seen in the U.S., like if it was on Epics or something,
2: uh, tape delayed replay on HBO. Yeah, okay. this was HBO broadcast. Okay. Because I remember seeing it on
1: HBO and avoiding uh, most of the news all day.
0: Oh, I know yeah, why. This... I know why I missed this. I was dying at the time. That's right. You say that but you're still alive. Yeah, I came back. It- and you will again. So I got better. <laughs> I was I was only mostly dead in April.
1: Oh, Mark. God. Mark, you just saw George Foreman mostly dead, and look what he did. Uh, no, Kirstie, I
2: have
0: no doubt. Kershy Vladimir Klitschko for this walkout music. <laughs> I I have it on mute. What's he walking? I, I'm
1: assuming it's still Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? It is. Yeah, can't stop. Terrific. I, I mean, he used it for the better part of 15 years.
2: I mean, again, like I, the man gets credit for just sticking to it, but. I don't care for the Chili Peppers generally. I think their music's unbelievably dated.
1: I like the Chili Peppers. I just think Faith No More does what they do better.
2: Fair enough. I would agree I also, with that. I also have, like, three other fighters that come out to Chili Peppers songs where I just can't stand.
0: First of well, all, I, I'm against any Russian coming out to anything but the Russian National Anthem.
2: There's other things besides the Russian National Anthem you can come out no, to. No,
0: there isn't. No,
2: no There a, are... Well, no, okay, first of all, you don't mean the Russian national anthem. You guys mean the old Soviet national anthem.
0: Yes, correct. Because I think he's actually, like, Ukrainian, isn't he? Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. So, and look, the Soviet Union was a terrible, terrible place for Russians. It was actually worse for the satellite countries.
1: Sure. Yeah, but they had a
2: bitching, imposing national anthem. Oh, yeah, no, look, it's a great piece of music. Don't get me wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is about jingoism, Winfrey, not, you know, accuracy or anything else. Like, honestly,
1: as great as Apollo's entrance at Rocky IV is to fight Drago, Drago's entrance in Moscow against Rocky might be just as good.
2: It's better.
0: I'm not a fan of James Brown. Oh, my God. Jesse and I had so much fun.
1: Carl Carl Weathers is just amazing. Jesse and I had
0: so much fun with the uh, Living in America video. That's one of my favorite Metal Hammer of Doom extras we've ever done.
1: Detroit today! Detroit today! Dallas! (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> drive home. Pick up the mail. <laughs> that was you know, I, I
2: say this. I say this completely unironically. Rocky IV has one of the best soundtracks in
0: movie history. Dude, oh, by it's, four. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's the first album my son fell in love with. Though, ashamedly, he also likes Imagine Dragons. So, eh. oh, I yeah, you,
2: you have not beaten me. that child enough. I am aware. His favorite song on the album is
1: "Double or Nothing" by Kenny Loggins and Roberta Flack. No, Ooh. he
0: hates <laughs> fucking "Double or Nothing." Like he likes okay. everything else. You've on done there. something right. He loves every song on the Rocky IV soundtrack except for "Double or Nothing." He's like, yeah, that's a, that's one we can skip. Dude, yes. there was
1: a there was a training video on YouTube a while back of George Chavalo. And if you don't know who George Chavalo is, he's the like one of the greatest Canadian heavyweights of all time. He fought Ali, fought Frazier, fought Foreman. And he's noted for having the greatest chin in the history of boxing because he was never knocked down. And there's, like, old-school training footage, or at least there was. It's not up anymore, of him training for his first fight with Ali, just all in black and white, and real, like, dungeon-style training to war by Vince DiCola. Nice. And, like, I, I don't know how it came out. I was at my, we, we had just gotten back from, like, uh, the Jersey Shore, and we're at my buddy Pete's house, and, like, uh, we're just – screwing around watching stuff on YouTube, and that came up. We just chugged raw eggs and ran laps around his block. <laughs> yeah. Damn right.
2: And then once we yacked, the push-up contest was on. Okay, we can all agree also, just for the record, No Easy Way Out is the best song on the Rocky IV soundtrack, right? By a country
0: mile. Okay, good. Oh, cool.
2: You know what? Uh, uh. No, get me wrong. I no. love hearts on... I love Hearts on Fire, I really do, but... Yeah...
0: It's no, second go with, to No I'm Easy gonna go,
2: Way Out. I'm going to go with No Easy Way Out, and I'll tell you
1: why. Because there was this music file-sharing service called Napster, <laughs> and literally the first song I downloaded on Napster was Robert Tepper, No Easy Way Out, so that
0: went. Have you heard our Metal Hammer of Doom for the No Easy Way Out video? in the creep factor in that in, in, that we talked in about the abandoned
1: warehouse. Yeah,
0: yes, yeah. that's the one <laughs> where, he's, where Robert Temper is chasing you, the viewer around the warehouse. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, Joshua. Now, now this is walkout music.
0: He's I have it,
1: so I cannot. It's coming tell out to Carmina Barana. That's perfectly acceptable.
2: Like, God, the number of people who just come out to crappy music when there's all this great classical stuff. Oh, look, look at, like, Timothy Golovkin, out. who was the man for so long, but he came out to Seven Nation Army? Uh, really? I, I appreciated him switching to the just the theme from The Matrix because he's frickin' Lomachenko. Well, I was gonna say, you're talking Lomachenko.
1: I'm oh, talking my mistake.
2: Golovkin. Yeah.
0: Golovkin, yeah. Oh, God, Golovkin coming out to Seven Nation Army was so bad. I told Jesse when I make my son become a professional fighter, he's coming out to a song by Battle Beast that we reviewed on their most recent metal hammer of doom.
1: If there's a band that probably made music designed to be walked out to, it's probably Manowar.
0: Yeah. Mm, agreed.
1: They've never yeah. been on Metal Hammer of
0: Doom. I don't even know when the last Manowar album was. I'm thinking 1988. Okay, you might be right about that. Isn't is, did John Bush ever go back to them? No.
1: Oh, wait, but was I also, only for,
2: wait, was that only for his hype package? He's going to walk out to something else. Come on, man, don't do that.
1: But I also used to use "Typo Negative" on occasion as my walkout songs.
2: That's an interesting choice. Well, kill all I the white people.
1: To, I, I, I got to be pretty friendly with Pete Steele before he passed. So,
0: no, yeah, well, I love "Typo Negative," so you won't get any argument from me. Yeah, but he, I, I
1: got to be pretty friendly with Pete Steele before he passed, uh, and so like he actually was at two of my fights, which was really cool.
0: That's cool. Is everybody else's picture as shitty as mine right now? Uh,
2: no, I, th- I think my picture is pretty good.
0: Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm pretty happy with mine. It might just be my computer then. Okay,
2: no, he's, ca- he's actually walking out to something else. That was just for his pre-hype thing. Okay. I don't recognize this piece. It could be the
1: bank we're talking, but...
2: <laughs> yeah, it, takes a co- it takes style. a confident man to wear white trunks... White shoes, white gloves, in a white robe on your walk to the ring. Does Anthony Joshua have a better body than I do? Anthony Joshua has a better body than like eighty-seven and a half percent of the entire world.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm part of that eighty-seven percent.
0: I mean, it might have been the jacket you were wearing, but you look like a you you look like a lineman in football, Pat. When I met you,
1: yeah, I'm very broad-shouldered. I do think the the baby blue Henning jacket brought that out a little bit, but
0: like I said, I wasn't I I, I it's hard to tell. And then the next time I saw you, we were sitting, so uh, you know. And I'm and I don't know if you are going to accept this or not, but I wasn't really checking out your body the whole time we hung out together.
1: I mean, um... we both know
2: that's a lie, but I'll let it slide.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark, come on, man, why are you, why you're Okay, well, when I wasn't looking for John, who kept ditching us, I was checking out your body. You're right.
1: Yeah, John was looking for a place to nap. <laughs> so I see, I see the white gloves and everything, and all I can think of is the great white hype. Terry, look what I've got you. I was going to say white Sage Northcutt.
0: No, I mean, <laughs> gosh, oh, that dude. poor guy. <laughs> Ugh. There was a it, rumor uh, that he was going to play Drago's son in Creed too. He'd have been better off than continuing his his MMA career.
2: I well, mean, he it- signed with one and one's first thing is, okay, here's this world champion kickboxer who's a legitimate purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, we're going to give you a probably – And already – I, I, I mean, Cosmo's, Cosmo's record is like 18-1 and one or 18-2 and two in MMA. Like, the man yeah. can
1: fight. And he's, he's a legitimate great stand-up fighter in
2: MMA terms. Yeah, so, I mean, he had,
0: broke his face
2: in like eight places with that punch. With that one right hand.
0: Did Sage now get cut from the UFC, or did he
2: quit?
1: A while while? ago. Well, he chose not to re-sign with them. One offered him a lot of money.
2: Okay. Well, the UFC also didn't offer him the same deal he was getting when they originally signed him, and he wasn't going to take less money to continue to be in the UFC and fight legitimate competition. So instead, he took more money from one to fight a theoretically lower level of competition, and instead they, they, like... They put him in there against legitimately one of the better fighters they have. And one actually has a lot of good fighters you've just never heard of.
1: Yeah, it's the lower weight guys that the UFC sucks at promoting.
2: Yeah. Oh, God, the guy that knocked out Eddie Alvarez? Yeah. Uh, well, also, in, like, one's weight-cutting policy is so stupid.
0: In defense of the UFC, I don't think there's a market for the, low, the lower weight guys here than there might be across the seas. I mean, the, the, I So think you're it's, saying
1: it's exactly the same as boxing? Correct. That's a fair fair. <sighs> we like, I mean, I
0: we think like our monster just... men here. We're not into, I, I we're was, not into was, the midgets.
1: The worst thing about HBO pulling the plug on their boxing is over the past six months of their last boxing broadcast, they put on some great junior flyweight, flyweight junior bantamweight fights with legitimate world-class competition. And those were great. Oh, they were great.
0: And here we got the tail of the tape. We're we're finally here, folks. Jesus Christ, Anthony Joshua is a scary looking motherfucker. He's a
2: large man.
1: You he, you know what's funny is he's still scary standing next to Vlad.
2: Yeah, and Vlad's not exactly a cuddly human being. No, he's
0: very
1: stry. you know. And again, I know that a lot of people are going to put Vlad over as the superior Klitschko because of his longer career. Vitali was so good. Oh, he God. was so good.
2: Well, Vitaly was also the a much bigger puncher than Vladimir.
1: Yeah, he, he was, was, and he and he took it better. That's the big difference.
0: I was so I would say um, 15, 2015, 16 maybe even earlier. I was watching a lot of boxing, and I actually did notice that at the time that his brother, but uh, that Vitaly's fights were m- much more fun to watch for me than than uh, Vladimir's. Uh, look, I think look, I, I think Vlad
1: just because of his previous lack of success in certain instances, was more inclined to fight uh, a very disciplined uh, safety-first fight, whereas Vitali, a lot of times, he just knew he was that good. He didn't have to keep his hands up and back away and move. Like, when he fought Chris Ariola, he had his hands at his waist in the center of the ring, daring Ariola to come at him and lighting him up with combinations. Uh,
2: Vladimir also would do these really stupid things? Like, wasn't there one fight that he won literally without throwing a, his right hand at all? Yeah, he tore his rotator cuff, and just like, okay, only the left. Okay, and I mean, it... go
0: ahead.
2: I mean, and credit to the guy for being that tough. Torn rotator cuffs really suck.
1: Yeah, Vitali. That's how Vitali got one of his only two losses. He tore his rotator cuff against Chris Bird and decided not to continue. And of course, he was labeled a quitter, and he had no heart, and whatever. Yeah. And of course, what he was doing is trying to prolong his career.
2: Yeah, so- I, I think I do not understand the ridiculous dude bro logic of I get. Uh, well, I'd be in there to fight. Like you're the same morons. You say I'd play in the NFL for free. Yeah, because you're useless. Well, the average the- NFL, you know, the average NFL player makes millions of dollars because they do something a select percentage of humanity can do. The jackasses who go, I'd play for free, sure, no one would watch.
1: There's the distinction of, though, like a guy like Vitaly quitting in a fight he was well ahead in with a torn rotator cuff versus Victor Ortiz quitting when things got difficult for him.
0: Oh, Victor Ortiz would quit when, you know, if you called him a name in the ring. (laughs) Like,
1: I remember that first night where he lost to Madonna. Things started off well for him. He dropped Madonna and then Madonna came back and was like, I'm still here to fight, knocked him down, and Victor
2: Ortiz quit. There's hey, Arnold. Arnie. You see the guy who tried to dropkick Arnold?
1: And Arnold barely
0: moved. <laughs> God, that was so hilarious. Didn't Victor Arnold... Ortiz like, almost like cry in the ring? His, his, post-fight,
1: his post-fight words were,
0: I don't think I deserve to get beat up like this. Right. And I was like, what? And I, I just started watching boxing at the time, and I'm like, who is this pussy? I was in Atlantic City that night,
1: okay? And this is a true story. I was in Atlantic City that night, and Victor Ortiz had just left top rank and signed with Golden Boy for that fight. And that would explain why he
2: felt he didn't deserve to get beat up like that.
1: Well, and top rank was running a show in Atlantic City that night with, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Yuriorka Scamboa on the semifinal bout and Juan Manuel Lopez on the final. And... I happened to be at the bar at Bally's with two guys from Top Rank. We're talking, and I was there were two friends. We weren't at the fight. We were just gambling, having fun. And they were talking about, oh, yeah, you know, Top Rank makes them. Golden Boy breaks them. I said, you guys were Top Rank. They go, yeah. I said, your guy Lopez sucks. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? I said, first of all, Gamboa would eat him alive, which I maintain had they fought, he would have. And second off, I said, your guy, Lop- your guy Lopez can't take it. And they were like, "What are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about." I said, "Yeah, Lopez ain't that good." And uh, he, his next fight, he fought a veteran, not a not a world beater or anything, but just a tough veteran, named Rogers Matagwe from Africa, never a world champion, not a. This guy went life and death with Rogers, walked away with a very fortunate decision, and never live up to the hype train that they were putting him
0: to be. Speaking of so, not knowing what you're talking about, so our Canelo fight, our Canelo podcast. Shortly afterwards, I went on Twitter and I I think it was somebody from um, one of the one of the uh, boxing blogs uh, put something very like pro Canelo, very positive on the on the Canelo fight for Canelo. And I and I think I was like, I think I I, my reaction to that was like, oh, the fight was fixed or whatever. And the response I got back was says somebody who clearly doesn't know anything about boxing.
2: Yeah, that's a that's like all they're trying to do is dismiss because they can't actually defend their position.
1: That's literally what it is. Uh, like, if you bring up the points where I didn't well, see him wanna,
2: cleanly... I mean, if you want to argue that Canelo won that fight, fine, let's sit down, let's go round by round and let's have a discussion. I say he didn't win, and your response is you clearly know nothing. Like, alright, oh. you don't actually want to try and support your case with... You don't want to actually support your point.
0: No, and I'm not going to get into it with these guys, you know? Like, I, I just... I don't as you called it, my Twitter feed is sort of a, is a, a pile of trash, but um... I, I just, mean
2: Twitter's a giant pile of trash, you're not that different.
0: Um, I just, I just don't feel the need to engage with a lot of these people, it's like, you know, like, you know, the people who are my friends or whatever, and we, you know, we might have like a minor disagreement or whatever, like Sam or Connie and I were talking about Game of Thrones, and it was like, he said a thing, I said a thing, he said, I said, and we're like, okay, we're done with this. <laughs> like, you know, it was nice and peaceful. Yeah,
2: you should really only engage in... Tw- only engage with Twitter with people you actually know, because otherwise, you there's no point to it. Like I did that once. I went one time. I okay. I tweeted something and it. I just got like. It got caught up in other stuff, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of other people had conversations because they were replying to other people who were replying to me. I got tagged and all that crap. And there was one of them that made just a stupid point, so I decided, all right, I'm going to be civil about this, but I'm going to respond. And this guy and I had like a three or four exchange, and we arrived at a conclusion that, okay, turns out we're both reasonable people. Wow, we had, like what we took away from that was, hey, this is our one positive interaction on Twitter for the entire year. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but on the negative side, this is my last banquet.
0: Oh.
1: However, I will point out that obviously in the corner of Vladimir, you saw his brother Vitali. You also saw Jonathan Banks, former cruiserweight fighter and later heavyweight fighter, who took over for the late Emanuel Steward. And I will be the first to say I don't think Vladimir without Emanuel was capable of anywhere near what he was with him.
0: No. Okay. Here, I found it. This was from actually FightKnights.com. Um... Across the board here at Fight Nights, we pick Canelo by decision. Safe pick. And I wrote, Jacobs really should have won. Hashtag fight, uh, fix was in, um, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. And his response was... Said nobody who knows boxing. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know shit about boxing.
0: Look, so... if you want to... Again,
2: like, if you want to put forth an argument that Canelo won, fair play. Like well, I give, I give don't agree, a... but like actually... Yeah. If your argument is, well, all the judges agreed, and I'm going along with the herd, that's not actually an argument. Right. No, if you tell me something
1: where, you know, I felt that the punches landed looked visibly more more hurtful to Jacobs, blah, blah, blah. I felt like the punches that were landed by one guy were on the arms and shoulders versus clean connections on the other side. But whatever, I get it, but you're not doing that. You're just trying to belittle somebody without any actual evidence, which means you probably can't actually prove what you're doing.
2: I mean, I, I, again, I don't mind disagreements, but you, you want to engage in a dialogue, fine, let's engage in a dialogue. And if all you want to do is just, no, this never happened, like, all right, fine.
1: And I think this is the only time in Vladimir Klitschko's career where he had back-to-back fights with guys he gave up hype to.
0: You know what uh, fight was pretty terrible of his? His fight against David Hay. Oh, that, had... that was very bad. That had what oh, a that's also... hype. What a grudge match that was sold to be,
1: and blah, blah, blah. And David Haye never went in on him. Vladimir kept him at the end of his jab, and David Haye wound up trying to blame it on a broken toe.
0: Yeah. I think afterwards Dana White was like, I don't even know why I watched this.
1: (laughs) Well, Dana also had an event the same day, if I'm not mistaken, so he was trying to use that.
0: Give or take, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the pay-per-views. All right, here we go, round one. Okay, you can watch actual, Uh, okay.
2: Klitschko's... Klitschko's jab is so good. Vlad immediately center of the ring to try
1: to dictate the land battle. And it's very important to a guy like Vlad to get center of the ring, but look at Joshua, not afraid. Gonna make his shots count.
0: Huh. Call Frock writing nice little- commentary
2: on this fight. Nice little turn from Joshua there. What
1: a stat. Klitschko has more knockouts than Joshua's completed rounds.
2: that is a hell of a stat actually
1: which kudos to both men for that Yeah. and again you see Klitschko wanting to take the center control the distance he knows Joshua is the actual taller longer fighter so Vlad wants to dictate where this fight is taking place it's a sound strategy
2: there's a lot of battle with the lead hand going on from both guys they're fighting for punching lanes a little bit
1: Vlad immediately looked much better in this fight than he did against uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Tyson Fury, where he was just puzzled, confused, and banks didn't have any answers for him. Joshua obviously fights a much more orthodox style. So in, in that respect it's almost a little easier to deal with because it's what you're used to.
2: Yeah. The number of people who, especially very traditional fighters, just, even if you're even if the unorthodoxy is kind of stupid, they just don't they just have no idea how to actually deal with it in real time is relatively high.
0: So what I wow. like about this is Klitschko's on his toes. He's, he's using his footwork. He's bouncing around. You know, it's like I've watched so many fights lately lately where the guy is, just seems so flat-footed. They're both up Vlad, on their toes.
1: Vlad does the opposite of a Wilder here in that when he gets in closer, the right hand creeps up closer and closer to his chin and cheekbone, especially when he jabs versus Deontay, who just drops it completely. We've seen that right hand of Klitschko pick off two good left hooks from... Joshua ready.
2: Yeah. His defense thus far is quite
0: sound. I don't think it's a fair comparison. Nice right to, to play, the body. To compare the defense of Klitschko to Deontay Wilders, who has no defense.
2: Yeah, why not? They're both heavyweights. Boom. Ooh, that left to the body. And that's, nice that's one, of the immediate differences. one of the immediate differences you see
1: from Anthony Joshua versus most heavyweights. Not afraid to throw to the body, knows when to throw to the body. But again, he's glad, you know, he keeps his right hand up and he uses that left hand very similar to George Foreman. Not a push out, but keeps it extended more than he should, and it allows him to pick off punches coming in.
2: And it just makes the punching lanes and the angles difficult to navigate. It's one of the reasons they don't like you doing it.
1: Now you had in that round where Klitschko was the ring general, Joshua was the aggressor, clean effect of punching, not a tremendous amount on either side. I would argue Joshua landed the cleanest punches. Though I don't know that they were any more effective. I would probably edge the round to Anthony Joshua.
2: I'd agree with that.
1: And Joshua trained by Robert McCracken, former super middleweight contender, has done a tremendous job. The corner of Vladimir, Jonathan Banks, Ditch Duran, and his brother Vitali.
0: Uh, my feed keeps freezing. Uh, that's on you, man. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah I see mean... the picture. No, my, my computer is just really slow. Ah. Uh, ooh, good right by Vladimir.
1: He stepped right in and shot it over the top before Joshua got settled in. And the one thing with Vlad in the Fury fight that preceded this, he just didn't pull the trigger at any point because he was so confused. Here, he's much more active and much more willing, it seems, to engage, which, uh, you know, we'll see how that works out for him. Joshua shoots a right
2: hand short. Well, one of the interesting things, I think, about Vladimir, and I think this is one of the things that Tyson (coughs) Fury really capitalized on is uh, Vladimir's timing is, I don't want to say predictable, but he operates on a very kind of consistent rhythm. And disrupting that timing does kind of throw him off a little bit, and it's one of the things Fury did very, very well was just in the moments when Vladimir was you know not expecting a punch, not really thinking about it, it just stuff on the half beat. And yeah, I mean that's one of the things uh, Joshua was going to start picking up on as this fight goes on.
1: Yeah, the herky jerky man won a fight between them where neither of them landed more than in single digits in any round. Um, again visibly it was one of the worst fights he'd ever see but it was the kind of fight Fury needed to have to win so I, while it wasn't visually or aesthetically pleasing I, I get why Fury fought that way it's what he had to do to win and he did and now Joshua is starting to be a little bit more aggressive stepping in behind his jab he's not found his range yet
2: now his, a lot of his jabs are falling just a little bit short and Vladimir's feet his footwork looks really good
1: He's very light on his feet. He's in tremendous
2: shape. So good at judging distance. And yeah, Joshua's good. starting to parry that jab of Klitschko, and I, I mean, that opens up other defensive liabilities, but that goes to show you how good Vladimir's jab is, that he's getting, he's forcing Joshua to adjust to it with his <coughs> defense.
1: What Joshua's looking to do is play pitch and catch here. He wants to catch Vladimir's jab and come back with one-two of his own to capitalize on that distance and find the range for his right hand behind it. You know, these two sparred back, uh, I believe it was about four years before this fight took place for one of Klitschko's training camps, and Joshua said he felt like that was the best experience he ever had.
2: Probably was. Yeah, was really... It's weird. Half the time he looks, he has a really good sense of where he is in the ring, but then he finds himself in a position like this where Klitschko's ring generalship is causing him problems.
1: Yeah, you're not going to find a lot of guys who are better at taking the lead and cutting. And putting a guy where they want them to be than Vladimir, and that's the end of the round. I would argue that Vladimir had a better round there. It was Yeah, of,
0: I'd go with that. It, I'd say we're a round apiece. It was said of Klitschko in one of the uh, previous fights that I did see that there are some who are boxers and some who are punchers. Klitschko is a classic boxer.
2: Yeah, that's very true. Well, you know, Klitschko
1: came out at the tail end of the amateur program where what you call the European style was still predominantly it, where it was very much one-two, one-two, use your distance, use your reach, one-two, one-two, very seldomly throwing hooks, rarely throwing uppercuts, and rarely, if ever, throwing body punches. Um, The new Eastern Bloc style is very much different than that. As you've seen products like Lomachenko, Golovkin, and Kovalev come out of there and even now Gbodzik, who is the new light heavyweight king then another product of that these guys are very different than that style of fighter
2: okay, I looked up uh Lomachenko's gold wa- gold medal winning bouts the other night just kind of on a lark and good grief that man is just so many levels above his opposition in both cases it wasn't it, they weren't even competitive fights
1: now we're seeing a lot here oh of more here we activity. go with Joshua Mark uh, thought so far
0: it's a very technical fight. I mean, you know, this is a... It's funny, when I think about what we just saw in the last time we watched the Deontay Wilder fight, what we saw then, versus this. I mean, I, I can see why you're so down on Deontay Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you have eyes? <laughs> I'm just, you know... I'm watching these guys <sighs> do some classic oh. boxing. I mean, they're, they're not just winging hooks. Um... They're not doing the, that slapping that he does. They're actually try, you know, looking for openings. Shote,
2: Mark. Shote.
0: Oh, God.
2: Joshua's body work is a really interesting component to this because you, you talked about Vladimir just coming from a lot of the headhunting school of thought. And it's starting to show a little bit as the fight goes on. The only thing he goes to the body with, I think, is his jab, which occasionally will dip down to the chest. Whereas Joshua, if he uh, depending on the angle that Vladimir's taking, he'll swing a right to the body as uh, Vlad's exiting the angle.
0: I can watch, like, Vladimir Klitschko kind of bouncing around the ring is kind of fun to, to watch. I mean, granted, back a few years ago, you know, he his style bored me as a as a viewer, but now just kind of watching for the technical aspects, I love watching his footwork, and the way he the way he shifts his shoulders. There's, there's there's such nuance to his boxing style.
1: It's beautiful. This was the best Vladimir Klitschko that had come out in years because he was fighting the best level of opposition he had seen in years.
2: Bit of a push there from Joshua, and his left hook falls a little bit short. Look at that right.
1: And Vladimir took notice of it because he immediately circled in the opposite direction. Yeah. Double jab by Joshua. And now Joshua has been doing more work taking the center of the ring
2: away from vladimir and making him uncomfortable Yeah, as a direct result you can see anytime vladimir finds himself in a spot he doesn't like he's lunging forward to clinch and try to reset his position in the ring which in fairness is not the worst idea in the world <laughs> God, how do i go through 12 banquets like that you you knew you were going to watch a deontay wilder fight probably right yeah. Now, yeah. Now Vladimir's getting back to the center of the ring. Excuse me. Ring. He's the one kind of
0: pushing things forward. You said you cleared your evening for this. Did you actually have potentially a hot date tonight, or what?
1: I wouldn't say a hot date. More like I could have gone and seen some local bar band or something.
2: Oh, interesting round. I mean, yeah. that might be a draw round, but I'm leaning a bit towards Joshua.
1: It's hard. It's hard to pick
0: one there where there wasn't anything definitive one way or another. I don't know. I think Joshua landed uh, more heavy hands in that round than Klitschko did, so I would have to agree that that one goes to Joshua.
2: Uh, Yeah, like that's a round that I don't disagree with, like a 10-10.
1: What we're seeing is a very even keel fight right now where each guy's had their moments doing what they do best, and nobody's really been able to be authoritative one way or another to change the momentum enough to dictate the fight as a whole.
0: I mean, maybe you give that round to Klitschko if you're in favor of awarding a round to somebody who makes the other guy miss more often. But like I said, I think Joshua did more damage that round than Klitschko did.
1: You know, ultimately in a round like that, the main
0: component is oh, oh,
1: good right That right, right wow. from Klitschko. Best punch of the fight, and Joshua is definitely a little bit bothered by that. Yeah, yeah no, his hands
0: immediately went that.
1: off. It comes down to who would you have rather been in that round?
0: And apparently, and, uh, Anthony Joshua worked as a bricklayer before boxing.
1: Yeah, well, look at the physique. Look at the work ethic. I'm not surprised. Hmm. And Joshua very much on the alert now after that solid right hand from Klitschko. Yeah, he's
2: he's being very... He's in full-on like counter mode uh, with his defense first at this point. And, and there's his right. But... Mm. Klitschko shoulder rolled with that rather nicely, actually. Took a lot of the sting out of that. He did, while circling in that direction. It was a good defensive move. Yeah, Joshua's kind of starting, anytime they tie up, Joshua's kind of grabbing over the gloves now. Just, I don't know if he's just trying to prolong it or if he's trying to sap a little bit of the energy from the arms of Klitschko, but...
1: That's what you want to do. You want to try to put weight on the other guy as much as you can, especially as a heavyweight, and just take away what you can. He's, he's David Fields is your referee. David Fields is a big referee. That's why he gets a lot of these heavyweight assignments. You see a double jab from Joshua. He's a hard guy to get the blind side of.
0: I feel like it was the Potemkin fight. Uh, Povetkin, sorry, Povetkin fight with Klitschko, where Klitschko, every other punch was clinching.
2: Yeah, it was. Probably.
1: No, it was, and he got points deducted for it eventually, and then he finally took it to Povetkin late, but
2: nice, it was a good shot. Good right hand
1: to the body from Joshua.
2: Catching Klitschko on the exit. Yeah, that's the danger of the shoulder roll is you do really expose your kidneys. And kidney punching is illegal technically, but if you can get on the other side of the ref and you can swing it to the body. It's also not intentional. So good yeah. right hand counter by Joshua. that time. And He got that one
1: over the top pretty nicely. And he's got a little bit of his confidence back there. Klitschko shoulder roll the right hand
0: well. So and Joshua back goes back post. to the body with the so. left. So funny. Klitschko keeps dropping that left. I mean, he, he eventually brings it up where he's anywhere close to being hit but or uh, when he wants to use it. But I, I would just – every time I watch him do it, it both makes me laugh and frustrates me at the same time. It's like, come on. <laughs> Keep your hands what? up for fuck's sake. There's, look, there's a, viable, there's a
2: viable strategy that goes along with having your hand in that position. It's like
1: we talked about with his brother where his brother would lull people into these false sense of security by keeping his hands at waist level – but Vitali was so deceptively quick and put combinations together so well that he could do it and get away with it. Right, and a bit of a
0: left there from. And I Joshua. get that. I get the taunting aspect to it. It just, as a fan, it's like, all right, <laughs> you know, knock it off. And that was. I, a Tommy, good and else. look,
2: man, Tommy Hearns made a career out of having his lead hand that low. I mean, you can go back to the days of Gene
1: Tunney and Gene Tunney True. carried his hands routinely waist level, but he was such a good boxer and so deft that you know making other guys miss, that he was able to do it and maintain it. It was a good style for him. Not everybody can do it. And, of course, when you're talking guys who weigh in excess of 250 pounds of solid muscle, it's a little bit riskier than normal. There was a good right hand from uh, Vladimir. Yeah, we'll
2: get the replay of that right. Yeah, I mean, the only, guy who, the only guy who really made Tunney kind of pay for that style, I mean, apart from the Harry Greb loss, would have been a bit of the, the Dempsey rematch.
1: Sure, and, he, you know, he did catch him along the ropes, got the hands up, dropped him, but, you know, of course, even long count aside, Tony would have gotten up. He just maximized the use of that count as much as he could yeah. and did I... drop See the following round.
2: Yeah, that was a quick count. Sorry, I might be thinking of a different round from that fight. Ooh, Josh Here we are Joshua. Five. Roadhouse. Oh, Roadhouse. he's Roadhouse coming after it. There we go.
0: Oh, Josh, Joshua's I'm mad.
2: <laughs> Oh, look at that. Look we at that swarming.
0: Round five, and apparently something, a switch just went off in Joshua's head.
1: Joshua met Klitschko directly in the oh, center. That
0: oh, that left.
2: Take it. Oh, good. Oh. Oh. And down goes Klitschko. At, wow. How can you stop that? He was on, on a single, bro. That so, was a bad MMA joke, but <laughs> that was a oh. hell of a flurry from Joshua
1: strategically started off with both men trying to take the center of the ring. Joshua let his hands go first, scored clean, did not let up on what he saw as an opening, kept that same distance, maximized it, dropped Klitschko. Perfect strategy from Joshua. Oh, and there's a big to left hook.
0: And he needs, to put, he needs to keep his foot on the gas. He also needs to cut Klitschko off because Klitschko's really, really good at circling. Uh, and yeah, using jo- really Joshua's advantage. ring craft
2: when he's flurrying is not terribly impressive. No, he, he flurries well with the hands, but his footwork in these circumstances is
0: not great. Uh, but uh, as I said before, Klitschko is so good at making you miss Ooh, him. well-timed left by Klitschko there.
1: And again, you're talking Klitschko's had more knockouts than Joshua's had rounds. Let's take that into consideration. Right. Joshua's clearly a bit hurt by that hook. Good right hand again by Klitschko over the top.
2: Klitschko's gotten him to—oh, <laughs> that was dirty. <gasps>
0: Klitschko went into again. a headlock,
2: turned it into a left hook. Klitschko yep. not
0: above a little bit of dirty boxing, especially when he's, you know, getting touched. That uh, cut on is pulver. that
1: under the eye? It is under the eye, and it looks like Vladimir worked a little bit with Jens Pulver for this fight.
2: <laughs> love you, Jens. Oh, that right left. There. Oh.
0: Yeah, that, Klitschko, turn, Klitschko that. felt that one.
2: Now Klitschko's getting
0: all oh, the uppercut. uppercut.
2: He ducked right into it. Oh, yeah, Joshua's hurt now.
0: Josh Joshua has taken a look over a queer street and decided if he wanted to walk down it.
2: And we got another clinch situation.
0: And yeah, Joshua's, Joshua's <laughs> paying for that flurry at the
2: start of the round right about now. Yeah, his, he's sucking
0: wind. He's sucking wind. Uh.
2: Look at Vladimir really? trying to fight admirably
1: in the clinch—something that's never been his strong suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. up cut inside. I think he'd be better off working inside than tying up. But it's not, again, it's not something he's
0: worked on extensively and feels comfortable with. Good, good oh, right look hand. Look at that! Handed. By the way, that uppercut on the inside was nice. That sliced and diced him right up the middle.
2: Yeah. Another, right another. uppercut. Yeah, Joshua's, Joshua's guard is a little bit wide with his elbows, and Klitschko's starting to key in on that and come up the middle with that
0: uppercut. Yeah, that's the same. And he's again,
1: good. you're seeing Klitschko score with punches he's not overly adept with. Klitschko's a one-two type of fighter. Now he's landing uppercuts and left hooks. He's out of his wheelhouse, but he's doing well with it. And when he starts doing well with that stuff, you have to worry about that, because now he can go back to what he does best.
0: Especially because Anthony Joshua's had nothing for those uppercuts. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, he literally ducked right into one and tall fighters usually make good use of the uppercut. Vladimir is an exception. His brother was exceptional with the lead yeah. hand uppercut, but Vladimir made good use of his rear hand. And this is after being dropped in the same round. I would, I would actually score this a 10, nine round despite the knockdown because of how strong Vladimir came back.
2: I would agree. With uh, you. There, yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that too much. Yeah, Joshua just put so much into that flurry in the beginning that come the end of that round he just had nothing left in his legs or arms to really kind of fight back.
0: <laughs> Took a breath there but when he got up. I mean, it wasn't like a, like a totally like, deep breath, you know, or anything, but kind of you can kind of tell like okay, he's like, "Oh, I need to make sure I hold on to my win this time." Remember to breathe. <laughs> Breathe, it's stupid the, breathe. You
2: forgot to breathe again. It's the darndest thing, but there's a reason coroners constantly tell their fighters to breathe, mm. because people forget to do it once they start fighting.
0: When I was uh, training in kickboxing and I would get in there and spar, I wasn't trained at that point to breathe appropriately, and I was constantly gasping for air. Because <laughs> I would... Yeah. I just would exhale when you punch. Of, I would throw a lot of power punches, but it was like I was basically holding my breath. All right, what do we got going uh, on here? Uh, Joshua's mouthpiece <laughs> fell out. Oh,
2: uh. Sorry, mouthpiece. And guys, oh, that's, that's part of, reason click, you, that's right part of the
0: reason
2: you. that's part of the reason you teach it. kids to ki It just gets them used to exhaling, which then makes you inhale. Right. And as I said,
1: if you heard that click, we're at an Gasset time.
2: Nice. <laughs>
1: Because we're making a, a fun night of this with another great heavyweight fight. And, again, that round, round five this right? fight. Cool. Oh, and down goes Joshua. Oh, and that's that was a delayed reaction. If Vladimir's hitting you with hooks and uppercuts, there's a very good chance he's going to find home for that iron fist. And he did. And Joshua's hurt. He's not all yeah, the way he's there. still
0: hurt. <laughs> That was one that, like, shocked his nervous system because he kind of just went straight up for a second then fell on his ass.
2: Yeah, he was I've, he was not in a good spot
1: there. I've been hit with those shots that you have the delayed reaction to. You can't get right for about another 30 seconds after that. It's it,
2: it's, 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 it's terrible.
1: Yeah, your body is in complete non-control. No matter what you try to do, everything is on a delay for a good little while. So that's why they tell you don't try to fight back. Grab, clinch, do what you have to do. Take tie up,
2: hold back. on, recover. Yeah, I mean, that's when you see people do the you know the, the chicken dance, that's what that is.
1: Well, I remember the good right hand inside. Oh, nice chopping right. Now, this is the one time where I would tell you the one missing aspect of Vlad's game is his body punching.
2: He would be yeah. so look, – look at Joshua's feet. <laughs> Joshua is <laughs> – his legs are
1: gone for the moment. And I get that Vlad's a big guy leaning over him, but to see him stutter around the ring like that, if Vlad would put some body work in, there's a very good chance he could drop him again.
2: Yeah, and instead he's just doing a lot of headhunting,
1: and it's... It's, to me, the one crucial difference between himself and his brother. His brother was not afraid to throw body punches, even if making a hit in return.
2: Uh, Vitaly, yeah, Vitali would tear your ribs to pieces. And
1: again, he's missing wildly over the top, and he's not throwing in combination. He's looking for one big shot to hurt Joshua again. This yeah. was the problem. This was the problem with uh, Tyson Fury: one shot at a time, no combinations, because he's he's discouraged when he
2: misses. And, and yeah, one time, one at a time against Tyson Fury is just a recipe for
1: disaster. Oh, what a, because what
2: a beautiful right hand.
0: God, that was beautiful. So Pat, we talked earlier about Deontay Wilder doing the uh, the palm strike. I've actually seen both Anthony Joshua and Klitschko do it in this fight. Not like Deante, not not like Deontay Wilder, who it's like a, it's a, like a constant part of his repertoire. But I've actually seen like a couple of times where maybe he was going for a hook or something, but it ended. Up, he ended up hitting with like the palm of the glove.
1: Well, see, in those instances, a lot of times when you want to pull back on a punch because you don't see the opening there that it was, you'll end up kind of turning your fist outward, and tapping with the palm or almost slapping like you talked about earlier, it's more a case of them looking for an opening that's not there anymore and trying to stop it.
0: Mm-hmm. You can't
1: once, once you commit to that, especially if you're throwing a power shot, very hard to stop it without actually throwing the full shot. You try to restrain it and just pull back a little bit on it. But I, I will tell you, it's actually worse to do that than it is just to land the shot on the gloves or the shoulder or what have you. It takes a lot more energy to stop that.
0: All right, on the commentator card, they've got uh, Joshua up by one point over Klitschko, fifty-seven, fifty-six here. Well, in they went round with they seven. went with
2: a ten-eight round. They went with a ten-eight round five for Joshua, rather than the nine-eight that we all kind of seem to agree on.
0: Oh, uh, and, and Josh
2: and Klitschko clearly had the ten-eight in the sixth. Yeah.
1: So, so for us, I mean, I, I think we all agreed on a ten-nine round in the the knockdown round initially for Joshua when Klitschko roared back. But, the, the, Klitschko 9, 8, knockdown, but yeah. the Klitschko knockdown round was more a dominant round for Vladimir, so that would be a 10 8 round on our cards.
2: See, so, yeah, I think we'd have actually a Klitschko up a point or a draw. I, I believe it's a draw on our cards right now. Because thus far, we've
1: actually been unanimous on every round, shockingly. And we don't get paid for this, folks. <laughs> Although I will tell you my night has been sponsored by uh, cores Banquet, because... A hard day deserves an old school hard beer, and uh, Naren Gassett presents Del Shandy, the refreshingly different beer sold on merit. You know Klitschko keeps sneaking in these little like back fist or hammer fist strikes. He's he's always done that with his left hand. He's always done that, and it's 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 not uncommon among especially heavyweights to do that. But because Vlad is such a heavy ham fisted guy. He knows what he's doing. He's irritating you every time he does it, and hurting you a little, a little bit when he does it. Not hurting you where he's going to knock you out, but you're feeling it, and you're getting discouraged by feeling it.
2: Yeah, Joshua started talking to him this round,
1: which is uh, pretty bold considering the kid's in his 19th professional fight against the most dominant heavyweight active right now. Uh, it's awesome. a lot of
0: balls on this on the part of Joshua. I also don't know how good uh, Klitschko's English is. Uh, Good enough. and Hayden Panettiere.
2: Yeah, Klitschko's, both of them have pretty darn good English at this point. Yeah, Klitschko's jab is still kind of just the tail of this round, if nothing else. And Joshua's done very well to just be defensively responsible
1: and kind of cool off and get back into this and slow Klitschko's momentum.
0: It's a little bit of a left hook there. What was the feedback on this fight from people? Did they were they satisfied with the amount of action in the fight, or was this kind of another yawner for people?
1: No, this is anyone
0: who complains fight. about this fight is a moron.
1: This was looked at as one of the best heavyweight fights in a long time, and I think you've seen why so far. No, you, you got moments, knockdowns. There is a high level of technique in certain respects with action. It's it's a very satisfying fight on every level so far to me.
0: Yeah, no. I think if you're looking for some classic heavyweight boxing and you know technique and whatnot, I think you would be hard pressed to find another fight. (laughs) They
2: look. It's Deontay Wilder,
0: (laughs) who's about to. They put this idiot on commentary.
2: Well, the theory was he was going to fight the winner, but because Deontay Wilder will never fight anyone who's any good. That never actually came to fruition. But the thought was, yeah, he'll fight the winner of this fight in the big heavyweight unification bout. And then he sees what is about to happen over the next few rounds and decides, you know what, no thanks.
1: <laughs> He's basically, I can't beat either of these guys. Well, wow, I should stay away,
2: clearly. I mean, you couldn't even really beat Tyson Fury. And then, he, again, had to like pay off with some judges for that decision. And, again, Mark and I did the commentary on that fight. We gave
1: Wilder, what, three rounds? Yeah. You were generous.
0: It was much later in the fight when Tyson started to slow down. It and was... here we, Vladimir, opening up, coming forward, another clinch. Vladimir
1: is twelve and one with seven KOs against unbeaten opposition. The only one would be his loss to
2: Tyson Fury. We have a left hook from Joshua there. Yeah, Joshua seems to have caught his second wind here. Finally. It's a funny thing about getting
1: knocked down and not getting finished immediately after. There's this sense of boldness in you that emerges, and you feel like this guy couldn't pull the trigger and finish me.
2: I can come back and win this, especially when you've already dropped him. Yeah, Joshua avoids a right hand there, starting to get his jab going again. Nice left hook there from Joshua into the clinch.
1: Immediately, immediately Vlad's response is to tie up on the inside. Vlad does not want to fight on the inside, it appears, at this point.
2: No, he. I think Vlad knows his best chances of winning this fight is at distance, especially if he can get really long distance. And he, tried he wants that to right be hand again. He wants to be all the way out or all the way in. I mean, because any middle distance seems to be Joshua's. I mean, Joshua's punching power is fairly tremendous. I mean, look at the size of that man's shoulders, and remember, he's also six six with like a seventy seven inch reach. Now, Vlad's
1: backing him up again with that jab. Fainting, but Vlad Vlad's not up on his toes like he was. There's yeah, definitely no, he's, some wear and
2: tear there. He's flatter for sure. He's his That's left what? eye also is all messed up. There's a lot of Vaseline hanging off of that. That more than it is accumulated swelling, damage. Though. Yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm surprised Joshua hasn't gone back to it more. Quite frankly, because well, there's a giant target there.
1: Ooh, for him, nice ooh. ride from Vlad. For him to throw that right hand, he's going to have to put himself in line for Vlad's right hand, and I think at this distance he wants to avoid that. Maybe in close to look for it, but Vlad's yeah. right-handed distance is what got him in trouble in the first place. So he's going to be respectful of that punch.
2: He's going to look for middle distance engagements more than you know, long range. Boy, Joshua's getting a little bit off balance with his jab, putting a lot more weight onto his front leg.
1: He's loading up. He wants to take advantage. He wants to score inside hard. With that lead hand and set something up for later. He wants to get that initial shot off on Vlad to get his respect. But now Vlad pushing back with the jab now. Now he's a little more mobile. Now he's a little more up.
2: God, but his jab is so good.
1: <laughs> look at look at Joshua, push forward with his jab, take
2: the center away. That's impressive. Yeah, it's a last last minute statement in that round to go, you know, I'm still here and I'm still I'm not going away.
0: We are moving into round nine, I believe. And, and there we see Hayden
2: Panettiere, who is uh, They were uh, they they've married since, I believe, but at the time they were just engaged.
1: Yeah, she's a sweetheart of a gal, too.
2: I've never met her. I couldn't comment.
1: Met her and Vlad together. Tremendous people.
0: I've I not seen her in oh. anything since she was in one of the Scream movies.
2: God, that is she a gnarly cut. We'll I just got flag, a good look flag, at that flag. cut on Klitschko, and that's in a bad spot.
1: It is, but he's got one of the premier cut men in his corner.
2: And is they are
1: doing a good job of not allowing Joshua to exploit it thus far. Yeah. So you put that adrenaline on it, let it kick in, let it do its work, and there's a chance that cut will not play into this. David Fields causing both men to break, and now we'll fight.
2: Klitschko They're coming out, out against... aggressively this round and Joshua with some rib roasters there
0: and close. Two, Vlad, club, two clubbing rights starting off this round from Klitschko.
1: Vlad does not look composed. Vlad looks a little bit uh, desperate at this
2: point. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he feels his own cardio going or whatnot, but he looks he's, – uh, he's antsy.
1: He, I
0: believe in the corner, Vitaly said he's not like a man. He's like a piece of iron. <laughs> uh. Frock has a 76 to 75 for Klitschko. Uh, I think I think our scores would have Klitschko up
2: another point.
1: Yeah, I could see one point for either guy as being fair, or draw being fair. This has been a pretty even kill fight with a lot of good stuff going on.
2: Vlad yeah. misses over the top with that right hand. Yeah, you can see Klitschko. Get, get, I don't know he's anxious in this round, and Joshua's starting to slip and counter to the body quite well.
1: Oh, good jab inside by Klitschko as Joshua getting in, right hand over the top.
0: Yeah. Nice stuff from Klitschko there and close. Joshua tucks one into the body there while they're all clinched up. But again, yes. I think
1: Vlad doing good work in the clinch, even though he's not comfortable with it, I think it's something he should look to more. He's falling short with his punches at distance. Work in the clinch because you've done well with it. Good left. Counter grip. left from
2: Joshua, yeah.
1: It just got picked off by the forearm, but it was good. It was a good punch. I was glad to have to reset and back out. It got him moving. It got him
0: out of the corner. I can see why Deontay Wilder would not want to fight Slitchko. He'd get killed.
2: Oh, good right from Joshua and Close. I mean, either of these guys would just run him over. I mean, let's,
1: let's be honest. What we saw from Deontay Wilder tonight versus what we're seeing from both of these guys, this is a definitive, definitive gap in talent.
0: Sure. I mean, you've got Klitschko, who, who's a premier boxer, a very technical boxer, and Deontay Wilder, who's a tough man fighter. He'd get picked apart.
2: Now, and, I mean, maybe
0: he gets knocked out, maybe he doesn't, but he would definitely lose. I would probably, I mean, unless he knocks Klitschko down, I, I don't think that he gets a round. I, mean, I don't Tyson think Tyson Fury barely think gave after gets fourth round. I don't think he's
2: alive in that fight after the fourth round. No, because Klitschko pushes oh. a much, or Joshua, they push a much better pace than Fury does. Body shots that Joshua threw yeah. on the side there. Joshua's body work, man, is, that's hurting me just watching. Like he, <laughs> He's digging, he's digging to those ribs. Your ribs hurt, Winfrey? Actually, my lower back hurts. I did something to it today, so.
1: Yeah, beating that bull. And that's a definitive Joshua round for me. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Stitch going right to work on that cut again. But, to his credit, Vladimir did not let the cut get hit or
2: pretty pretty well touched in that round. No, he's been very defensively mindful of that, of the cut in particular, and Joshua hasn't. I don't know if it's just Joshua not being able to or just not realizing that <laughs> that he's option about, is
1: there. about great heavyweights. Here we see at ringside Evander Holyfield and Lennox Lewis. Two of the greats. Two of the bastions of the last great era of heavyweights.
2: <laughs> God, yeah, those two. I honestly think Tyson's line about Evander is probably the best. And even if, even if you don't consider Evander Holyfield the best ever, if you look at a lot of people that, uh, that you know people do consider the best ever, Evander makes a lot of them look silly when they fight. I'm sure Gavin Napier would agree with that, since Gavin Napier worships at the Temple of Holyfield. I don't worship at the Temple of Holyfield, but I think it's a very fair point about Evander and his abilities.
0: All right, we are in round ten here. Two more rounds to go after this. Mark, who are you favoring right now? Uh, Klitschko. Is
1: there anything anything you think... That Klitschko could be doing that he's not to really seal this fight up?
0: Um. Well, I, I agree with you. I think he needs to do a little. I think he needs to be working inside. Uh, I think he needs to. I maybe, left the body. See, when they clinch like that, he's just holding. What he needs to do is he needs to be punching at that time. He needs you to be right a there. In.
1: Yeah, the rule is, if you're
0: in a clinch and you have one hand free, you are absolutely allowed to fight with that hand. Right, so there was his right hand there, right there that he could have been using to put some hooks into the body or you know, even to the head, you know, kind of touch him, stand back, let let your let your hand go. But he's just holding him. Yeah.
2: It's a pretty, the lack of clinch sophistication was always kind of a big knock on Vita- on uh, Klitschko. And, and again, it's... Right. That, it's
1: It's that system he came out of that discourages that type of fighting.
2: Well, the amateurs discourage clinching generally, and, again, his style in particular.
1: And on top of that, who he trained with, Emmanuel Stewart, does not particularly favor his
2: guys to be fighting in that area. Those those body shots from Joshua, man. He's swinging that right to the body. He's pretty clearly setting up the right to the head by showing
0: that look.
1: I don't see any heavyweight who works to the body the way Anthony Joshua does.
0: Not who's any good. He's back on his toes again. At least he was. And Klitschko going
1: for the guillotine. Now you see (laughs) Klitschko throwing at least something underneath. That's what he needed to be doing, like Mark pointed out.
2: Commentary. I think it was... Somebody on commentary just said, Yeah, you want to do that when the ref can't see that. I think it was Wilder. Vlad's got his bounce back in his step, but...
1: Uh, and he, oh okay, good. Respect. He thought about it. But he, yeah. he thought about a rabbit punch there, and he could have, he could have landed a good one. But the ref was right there and would have called him on it. Yeah, the rabbit punches are hard when you're a heavyweight. The kidney shots, the hip shots, not so much. The rabbit punches, yeah, they're going to see that.
2: Couple of rights there to the body and close from Joshua. Yeah, he's I, breaking. I, he's breaking down the posture of Klitschko with those body shots, and it's Vlad still pretty good, but over. ooh, oh, good that trade, was right. ugly. <laughs> you see Vlad a lot more <laughs> over than he usually is, leaning in. Yeah, he's worried about his ribs. Uh, good, right good. From, good right from Klitschka there at the end. I'd still kind of give that round to Joshua, actually. I but, think it's a difficult round to score, and
1: again, for me, it comes down to the, the aspect of who would I have rather been in that round
0: and, well, that's
1: Klitschko. and I'd rather have been Joshua.
2: But yeah, and, that's, that, that's a close and, round.
1: And, that, that, uh, you know, I don't agree with everything or anything Max Kellerman says, but that's the one thing I think he's always gotten right on commentary is that if you get into a round where you have a very hard
2: time. Oh, that, four, that, that was a forearm from Klitschko, the way Joshua leaned into it. That was gnarly. And he caught glove and forearm there. That was yeah, a That that so- is an unhappy punch to eat. Oof.
1: Oh! But I think the one thing Kellerman has consistently been right about is when you do get into that close round where you have a hard time scoring it. Pick who you'd have rather been in that oh, round. On that right from Joshua. Joshua with the right hand over the top. is the left. Hurt. Gladys hurt. Left hand. is legs are not there. He not
2: there at all. Up.
1: And he's Joshua's
2: stalking up. him a little bit. Again to the body. Good body work when the guy's hurt. And that's Solid a fundamental.
1: That's the difference between Klitschko had Joshua hurt and now Joshua's willing to go to his body. He's stalking, going down, going up.
2: There's some pretty nice defensive movement there from Klitschko, considering he's still a little wobbled to have his legs still under him like that.
1: He's shuffling with the punches. He's moving his head, moving his upper body, moving his chest. And Joshua now kind of cooling off, letting him off the hook a little bit. Or so we think.
0: You're Vlad not... is not
1: all the way back yet. He's not attacking. We should let you know that he's not really back in the saddle. That, that was a left, left and hook close. and close. Oh, oh, my
0: God. Look at that. That was a wicked left and close. That was. I'm impressed with Klitschko's ability to, you know. Either... Klitschko's chin is pretty underappreciated. Yeah, I was gonna say he's taking some hard shots. Oh, that throw. uppercut! Oh, Jesus Christ! That was another one. <laughs> the, that one's gonna. Which goes
2: on Queer Street? Down he goes. Yeah, I
0: was gonna say he's gonna need to see his chiropractor on that one. His fucking head got knocked loose.
2: Vladimir is in a lot of trouble. He right? is on like he, he's rounding the block on Queer Street. He is not in a good he's
1: spot. Crossing like, as he walks forward to David Fields, I don't. I might have stopped that. I'm,
2: right I'm with you, man. I might have stopped the way he was w- moving. I don't and like Joshua the way, with
0: a right. I don't like the way his head moved when he got hit by that. I mean, that looked like it like well, wobbled. Fence.
2: Boom, boom, boom. Down he yeah. goes oh, again.
0: Fuck. Yeah, you did stopped. Wow. And they're going to let this go?
2: Hang on. I can't remember if this is the final. Oh, Klitschko says he's okay.
0: Wow. I've seen seen fights when you get knocked down twice like that in a fight, and you look that out of it, they stop the fight.
2: He's still still engaging with the ref.
0: He kind of
1: walks sideways to David Fields.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And Joshua Joshua. is
2: not going to let him off the hook this time.
0: No, you got to... Just better there's the in room.
1: the corner,
2: you, you gotta and press. body head, body
0: head, one, two, three, that's it. There you go. Okay, now we're stopping it. Wow, with one round to spare. Good for you, Anthony Joshua.
2: And, yeah, you wonder why Deontay Wilder's ducking this guy?
0: No. <laughs> I'm not wondering at all. Why do you ask? All right, so what was that, a TKO? Or yeah.
2: Okay. That was a TKO in round
0: 11. All Standing. right. He was down on
2: the official scorecards, I think.
0: Yeah, hey, I would probably say so. All right, well, that was fun. Uh, we, we definitely made a night of it. I think it's time to call it a night. Uh, this week, a slight uh, schedule change <laughs> due to some personal issues going on with uh, Jesse, the host of Source Material. We will be doing a live, live Source Material hosted by me. And we'll be talking World War Hulk with Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey. Uh, so that'll terrible. be fun. <laughs> it's
2: good. Uh, it's I, really not. It's a pretty terrible arc. Like I'm not saying that to be ironic or just to tweak your nipples. I right.
1: have a feeling, Mark, that you will enjoy the fight between the Hulk and the Sentry.
0: I've read <laughs> it's one of the ones I've already read. I, it's one of the why, why it ended up on here. I loved World War Hulk. Um, um, I love that, that. I love that whole run starting with Planet Hulk going all the way through World War Hulk. Um, anyway I mean I like the Sentry, just kind of as a I say that to annoy people because everyone hates him because <laughs> in so many ways he's terrible almost as bad as the Hulk as a character speaking of declaring a world war on somebody John Wick 3 Parabellum uh, Damn You Hollywood this week uh, Jesse will be back Wednesday for Metal Hammer of Doom we'll be reviewing the new Eleviti which uh, check it out because there's a song on there that is hot fucking fire man it is awesome so check out the new Eleviti. Uh and then I'm finally caught up on all both John Wick movies. We'll talk about it on Long Road to Ruin this Thursday, myself and Sean Comer, and then uh... look everything you need to know about Mark's personal taste in movies. He likes
2: Transformers
0: <laughs> and didn't like John Wick. Why? <gasps> I didn't like it. I just it was, you know it was whatever. You heard. Mark? Look, you heard
2: me, Mark. Seriously.
0: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I don't want to have this conversation now.
2: Look, you and I are going to get into it when it comes um, on Tuesday, and I'm fine with delaying. The, I'm fine with delaying the actual discussion until that point. I just have yeah, to put I'm it out there, say, Robert. You speak for all of us.
0: Yeah. No. There One were... of the
2: few times I will be in the majority position. Yeah, when it you comes really to will. Talking about movies. There
0: were, there were people on my Facebook who go wait a minute. You don't love John Wick. And I'm like, nah, it's not my thing. And and the people were like, but 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 but, but why? Well, Mark, Sorry.
1: you had a dog, didn't you? <laughs>
0: Nobody killed my dog, Pat. Um, That's not the point. <laughs> we'll talk about it Tuesday. Um, speaking of, <laughs> but if you've enjoyed this this show and you enjoy the uh, the work here from the three of us, we'll all be back together again for a TV party tonight on Friday. to Discuss the Zac Efron and Jim Parsons. Ted Bundy movie, Jim Parsons, of that wonderful show that has just ended, The Big Bang Theory, which had the perfect finale. Don't bother with Game of Thrones. Watch The Big Bang Theory. It'll ultimately, ultimately be more satisfied. Okay, oh, I'm, listen, just gonna, I'm just going to put this out there. I'm just going to put this out there.
2: Mark, you've watched The Big Bang Theory. I have not. One of us has cancer. I'm not saying <laughs> it's... The... You all can decide.
0: That, that's not how causation works, but that's fine. I also
2: watched Big Bang Theory
1: for a number of years, but I gave up when it was stale and awful and repetitive and I also do not have cancer, but I do have alcoholism.
0: There you go. Yeah,
2: so you can be Mark or Pat, or you can just have never actually watched the stupid, obnoxious, reprehensibly unfunny cash grab that was the Big Bang Theory, and you can be me.
0: Picture of health. Pulled back. So May twenty fifth is AEW Double or Nothing. We will review it the next day, Sunday, 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 uh, May twenty sixth, and then uh, Jesse Jesse will be hosting the Source Material podcast on the t- Memorial Day. It will be ending Marvel event May with the show with the uh, crossover Blood Ties. Uh, I won't be on that show, but uh, Jesse did a great job with it. Uh, you can hear that show. Once it airs on Memorial Day. And then we close out Damn You Hollywood for May with Aladdin. The new Sworn Enemy will be reviewed on May 29th. And speaking of Game of Thrones, myself and... Now see, I changed the, I changed it, so this won't set off the, my Amazon Echo anymore. Alexis Haina will be uh, coming on to a TV party tonight to discuss Game of Thrones... And you better believe we'll probably be discussing this stupid petition. Uh, and then June 1st, the day before my birthday, the aforementioned Anthony Joshua versus Andrew Ruiz Jr. Myself and Pat will be providing commentary, and I think so will you. I think we agreed that you'd be done with, with your fight from Sweden. is from Sweden. I like meatballs. My bum is on the Swedish. Swedish. Um, yeah I believe that yeah that's Gustafson versus Smith so you should be done and able to watch that show by then uh,
2: in a couple of weeks uh, again I don't know what the start time is for that they haven't announced it yet it's 1 it's o'clock p- it says I was going to say probably 1 o'clock p.m. it'll end by like
1: 3 or 4 o'clock p.m.
2: yeah you'll be fine Yeah, if it's 1 p.m. Eastern that's 11 here So it yeah, is I'm fine. looking at, way, at it okay, Ikea, fine. IKEA frozen yogurt and pretzels
0: fantastic outstanding.
2: All right. How the world was oh, never mind. Our sorry, just the UFC. I just looked at the UFC's performance of the night their their bonuses for the event tonight and the fight of the night was Aspen Ladd versus Sejari Eubanks. and it wasn't a bad fight but I don't know it it just kind of speaks to the the lower quality of this card and did, the fact uh,
1: that did Dominic Brazil get a performance bonus.
2: Uh, no, no, was Aspen. <laughs> Look. They can't actually disclose the bonus they gave to Dominic Brazil without opening themselves up to litigation. So By the way, is
0: that Nate Diaz that's in John Wick One? I'd have to rewatch it. I
2: believe it's Nick.
0: No, it's not definitely not Nick. No, it's not Nick. Um, hang on. No, I'm looking you Neil, know, you do plugs. I'll look it up. Do your plugs. Plugs! All right, all all right, jeez. Plugs! No, it's not Nate Diaz. I'm convinced. That guy looked just like Nate Diaz. It is not him. I just looked. No, but
2: uh, Tate Fletcher and I think... um, Keith Jardine. Keith Jardine are both in it. Yes. Jardine's one of the guys with a beard. Keanu uh, grabs him by the beard and then slams his face into the table and then shoots him in the body several times. Cameron yes,
0: he is. A, that, that was a pretty fun uh, thing.
2: And they also have a uh, coffee business together.
1: Yeah, when are they getting married? I uh, assume it's Colorado
2: legalizes that, I assume.
0: Uh,
2: I actually don't know if uh, about
0: either of their sexual orientations. P-L-U-G. For the P-L-U-G. Plugs, plugs, plugs. <laughs>
2: Alright, uh, I just wrapped up before starting this nonsense. My coverage of UFC on ESPN t- Plus 10... Um, this is kind of what this is. This is what happens when you book a lot of mismatches on a card. Uh, there were a lot of finishes. A lot of them were decent, but un- but largely unmemorable, unremarkable. Uh, there were a couple of really good ones. Um, Michelle Pereja, who is very famous for doing an honest to god lie insult in the middle of an actual fight. <laughs> This is, you think I'm joking. This is not a joke. He knocks the guy down and decides the best thing to do is to jump onto, like, halfway up the cage, put his hands on the top, and then backflip onto his opponent. Actual was, thing he did.
1: How is that not the best thing to do?
2: I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying. That's that's not a joke. Like, this, he had a pretty memorable uh, debut, knockout with a flying knee and a punch. Um. Vicente Luque had a pretty decent fight. Uh, you know, Rafael dos Anjos won. Um, again, it was it, there was some decent stuff, but in the end of the, at the end of the day, it's probably going to wind up as, you know what, that was pretty good, but I'm not going to remember almost anything from it. So, then uh, that's it. We're going to review that and then talk about all the major news of the week. And I will continue to complain that Tony Ferguson versus Donald Cerrone is not a five-round fight because what is wrong with you? Give those two Maniacs five rounds. I mean, I don't don't think Tony Ferguson will need all three rounds to get the win, but just the principle. Uh, So we'll talk about all the news of the week. And that's it. Again, the week after that, we will have a preview for Gustafson versus Smith, which is I hate this card. I hate this card so, so much. There are four light heavyweight fights on this card, and three of them are the top three fights. I
1: didn't know there were eight light heavyweights in the UFC.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there are. There's more than you eight. Just go ahead and
1: get yourself a tall glass of turnip juice.
2: Ugh. Because it was haunted.
1: Uh, Send that haunted it... lemon tree back to Springfield.
2: Darn right. Uh, in all seriousness, the main event is okay. It's Alexander Gustafson and Anthony Smith. That has some potential, but... Okay, and I'm I'm loosely interested in Alexander Rakich and Jimmy Manoa just because I'm kind of high on Rakich, but... I mean, Uzdemir and Latifi does nothing for me. Darko Stasic and Devin Clark does nothing for me. And frankly, I expect at least one of those other two heavyweight fights that I'm loosely interested in to kind of suck. Uh,
0: good God, Tanya Avenger's fighting. How's your podcast, Why? How's your podcast doing since you've moved it from my network to 411?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I don't <know> <laughs> no, seriously, I don't really look at numbers. I don't care. I mean, I looked at that other one just kind of on the spur of the moment thing, and just, oh, hey, look at that number. Uh, yeah, I don't know, about the same, I think. On the old network, as on the new network, as the old, so. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll have a. Go ahead.
1: Oh, go ahead, Robert. Go ahead.
2: So anyway, that's what we'll be doing. I will be Tuesday hosting Damn You Hollywood, where I will laugh at Mark for being. The, the plebeian unsophisticate that he is for disliking John Wick. <laughs> I will also lament the fact that Halle Berry does not get shot in the face by Keanu Reeves, and I don't mean that sexually. I mean I wanted
0: him to kill her. I mean it in both ways. I haven't seen it yet. I'm seeing it tomorrow. I haven't
2: seen it yet either. One of my brothers did. And the only thing I asked was, does he actually, does Halle Berry double-cross him and he gets to shoot her in the face? And he said no, and I went, damn. Spoilers. Oh, No. Whatever will we do?
1: (laughs) Yeah, come on. Like, anybody listening to this hasn't already, you know, looked at the plot,
2: you know, on Wikipedia. I haven't done that. I just... Again, like...
0: It's a John Wick movie. I'm pretty sure it doesn't have a plot. I'm pretty sure this is our
1: generation's version of Death Wish, and I'm fine with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll go along with that. I'll go along
2: with that, yeah. And I'm completely okay with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I... I just I love the the action sequences in those movies. It's one of the most pure adaptations of martial arts to and implementing legitimate deadly weaponry that you will ever see.
0: Which I get that's the attraction, and if that's the kind of thing you like, that's great. It's not my thing, as I said. When I when you know, when I see somebody killing, you know, this many people in a movie, I usually like it to be a monster, not a guy not He not... is a monster. Did you know yeah, that? He...
1: He is a monster. Yeah, he's look like at
0: Ted Bundy. Baba Yaga. What was it? Baba Yaga? Baba Yagu? Baba Yagu. Yeah, Yaga. but no, no, Baba no. Baba O'Reilly.
2: You're not a fa- I'm not a fan of well-choreographed action, but God, but I'm going to scream at Robert for 30 minutes. We suggest cutting Stanley Tucci not being able to get rid of a bomb.
0: Yeah. Look at <laughs> look at how many bodies Ted Bundy was able to get rid of. Just saying. All right. This, we'll, we'll deal with this on Tuesday.
1: Right. So uh, moving forward, uh, as you've heard, the three of us will get together again this coming Friday to review the Netflix original film on the aforementioned Ted Bundy uh, shockingly evil, violent, extremely wicked. I think that the title is a lot of words too many for my it's liking. A,
2: look, they should have just ha- kept that title and then subtitled it. The true story of Zach Efron.
1: Yeah, that's about right. So you'll hear the three of us do that as well as Saturday, June 1st, you will hear Mark and myself, Uh, Hopefully Robert joining us as well after the card from Sweden uh, ends. We're talking Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz Jr. Originally supposed to be Jarrell Miller, unfortunately got hurt and pulled out. So we will get to watch uh, Anthony Joshua defend his belts anyway. Uh, Also, uh, yeah, good for Anthony Joshua not just canceling the fight. Uh, Since there's going to be some shuffling happening around on the Radalich Broadcasting Network, I'm going to make myself available as needed for whatever shows may come, uh, be it Metal Hammer, Doom, be it Long Road, to Room, what have you. I will try to uh, keep the network up, keep the ratings up, because that's what I do. Uh, I will be happy to do it. Uh, so if you do uh, want to keep up with what we're doing, you can follow us on Facebook. I will gladly post schedules. Uh, of what is going on And what will be expected to come In the near future But as of right now Those are two guaranteed gigs Where I will be talking Ted Bundy And I will be talking Anthony Joshua It will be interesting to see Who ends up with a higher body count
0: <laughs> Alright folks Thank you again for joining us on uh, This this damn Nope This TV Party Tonight Extra boxing commentary And uh, we hope to offend you at some point in the future. Have a good night.